This is Jocko Podcast number 86 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. And it has been a little while since we got down to some Q&A. Sure. And on top of that, on the social media, mm-hmm. I have not been as responsive as I normally am. I've had to prioritize and execute sure. a bunch of other things. Things like muster, things like books that are due, things like that. So, and a bunch of travel and a bunch of work with Echelon Front, et cetera, et cetera. So, but I do get the questions. I read the questions. I read the, I read, if you post something and you tag me in it on Twitter or you put a comment on Instagram, I read it 100%. Yeah. I read it. Yeah. But lately, and normally I would like everything that I see. Sure. I would like just just so you know. Hey, I, I saw. Right, I'm right, down. I got you. Yeah. I'm here. I heard you. Mm-hmm. But lately, I haven't even been able to do that. Dang. So so I've just been. I, I read it. Move. Read it. Move. Read it. Move. Uh, but if there's a good question comes up, I copy it. I paste it. I put it in the in the question bank. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then when we get to do a Q and A, we answer the questions that I think either they get asked a bunch. You know, so I've seen a, a question four or five times, that type yeah. of question. Yeah. Or just a unique question that I think a lot of people can benefit from, and that's where we end up with. So today, Q&A, and let's rock and roll. First question. I do want to add that on Twitter. Also, proceed. <laughs> also, you know, you say you like everything, you know. Yes. But certain things, sometimes... They don't necessarily warrant like you liking them. They require an answer. You know, like you can't like something. Like let's say someone has this like really trying time or something, mm-hmm. and they say something or whatever, and it's a question. Like, hey, how do I get through this? You can't just like it and move on. Okay, you can't do that. So what what I do in those situations is, I like it. Mm-hmm. I copy the question, mm-hmm. and I put it in the question bank. Oh, okay, so your like is my like has is various meanings. My like does not mean like. Yeah, yeah. My like means. Received. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. And it and and it is a heart. Yeah. Which I vehemently disagree, disapprove of, and disagree with. You don't like hearts. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Come on, bro. Come on. No. No hearts. All right. In Jocko's world. All right. Yes, sir. So, but I do. It's it's my way of saying I read it. But what I'm saying is, it's saying that I'm read it. I'm telling you that. Right at this, the past like week, I've read everything. Right. I always read everything, mm-hmm. but I haven't even liked them because right. I haven't had time to start liking them. Dang, yes. Yeah, so. Because if I like it, that tells me that I've gone through it, and if I had to pull something from it, it's how I keep track of what I've read and what, of, not just what I've read, it's how I keep track of what I have extracted pertinent information from. Yeah. I might have to start doing the opposite. Only like something if I want to go back to it. Oh yeah, like a bookmark. Kind yeah, of thing. maybe I'll start doing that. Yeah, maybe. But anyways, if you're out there, I'm reading your messages, your tweets, your posts. Right. And appreciate it. It's all good feedback. It's awesome. Yeah. But sometimes you get you're you're in the initial post. We'll say, mm-hmm. 
and maybe I'm in there, maybe some other people, and then other people chime in. Then it starts to morph into this conversation between two other people. Yeah. You can't really like those necessarily. Uh, I mean, I you can. I but usually do, but just to keep track of where I am, just like, like, oh like, yeah, like, see, like, like the like, bookmark, like, yep, the bookmark. So this you talking right now is just one big mass like. Yes. Right? Saying, hey guys, I read it. Here it I is. Do Here's read all your it. likes. Yes. yes. I like like you all. All right. Or not even I like you all because some of your comments I don't like. Yeah, yeah. I still like them though. Yeah. Verb like. Yeah, yeah. I like. I press like, even right. though you said something I don't agree with. So I still I, I like, like the fact it. that you expressed yourself. That's yeah. kind of it. So Makes even sense. if I hate what you said, you still get a little heart from me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They should have one that's an eye, like a picture of an eye. Like I've seen this. That's what it means. An eye, oh, right, right. Like an, an eyeball. eyeball yeah. I saw this. Yeah. I saw this. Viewed. I saw this. And then you could say like, and you should have a thumbs down, dislike. Yeah. Like on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. There you go. All right. First question. Hey, Jocko. I'm a 35-year-old and have a physically demanding job. I've been a drywaller for about 14 years, work about 8 to 10 hours a day. When it comes to working out, I'm finding it really hard to maintain discipline to continue as it it seems I burn out. I also have two boys under the age of four, so I sleep like you do. I can relate, man. Yeah. I'm wondering if I'm just being a pussy and need to push through the burnout or take a different approach to working out. When I burn out, my body just feels weird as well as my head. I tend to get depressed and find it hard to even go to work. Just throwing this out there for maybe some tips to get over this so I can stay focused and consistent. Thanks. Cool. Uh, Okay, so hanging drywall. Have you ever hung drywall before? No. Yes. No, but yes. Okay. I don't there. know what that answer <laughs> means. I've been in a drywall hanging scenario. Work scenario, yes, okay. but I didn't do you, the hanging of the drywall. Okay, yeah. that does not qualify a as little hanging bit, drywall. Though, I've, see, I've <laughs> no, seen it done before, no, bro. You <laughs> do not get qualified no, get for it, hanging yeah. drywall if you've seen it being hung. <laughs> I appreciate what you're trying to say, but that doesn't work. Yeah, hanging yeah. drywall is hard work. Yes, sir. It uses a bunch of different muscles in yeah. your body, mm-hmm. and of course, when you get better at it, because I'm not good at it when I when I hung drywall when I hang drywall if I'm doing a project, I'm not good at it. Yeah. If you see someone that's good at like this guy that's been hanging drywall for 14, 14 years, years yeah. he's a master. Yeah, he's he's holding it with one hand, slapping nails. I mean, he's or drywall screw. He's on stilts. Guys work on stilts. Have you ever seen that before? No. No. So g- good drywallers, they're on stilts okay. because they don't, they're just boom, slapping it up there. So, but it's hard. You're doing, you're basically doing a clean kind yeah. of to pull the, the, the drywall up. You're pushing it up. You're using your grip strength on the drywall. Then you're doing overhead presses because you drywall ceilings oh, sometimes. Yes, yes. So, and it's eight to 10 hours, plus, not to mention, you're, you're bending down, picking stuff up all day. So it's eight to 10 hours of squats cleans and overhead presses with grip work. So you're doing that eight to 10 hours a day. So you're getting good physical work throughout the day. Now, uh, look man, if you're that drained, then first of all, let's check the diet. Let's make sure that we're not on the job site and the donut truck arrives and you're you're going belly up to the donut truck with a monster, four monster energy drinks like to keep you going through the day. That's gonna hurt you. So check the diet. It's the good thing is check the diet and then if you have to you just bring your food. Don't let, you know, your bro that's going to run down to Mickey D's to grab lunch cuz you didn't pack anything. 
that's going to jack you up. Mm-hmm. So all that stuff will make you feel weak and out of sorts and all that. That being said, still, you're working hard all day. You're doing hard physical labor all day. You also, I mean, you can see construction workers or drywallers. You can see people that are do that hard labor all day, and they don't look like they're in shape, right? Mm-hmm. They're Maybe they're fat. Maybe they're just, they don't look like they're in shape. Well, that's because their diet sucks, generally. They're yeah. coming home, and they're getting on their 12-pack their yeah. of beer and pizza. So get your diet. Make sure your diet's good to go. And then what I would do is, and I've worked construction before, and or even big projects on my house where I'm working all day long, remodeling, pulling down drywall, putting up drywall, demoing rooms, whatever. Uh, I still do a workout. Now, what you're gonna do though is do something that is going to complement what you've done during the day. So you're getting some pretty good strength work at this point. You're getting you know, you're getting cleaned, your grip work, you're doing all this this hard work all, all throughout the day. So maybe what you need to do is do some more cardiovascular at night. Or maybe it's just like a really good stretching routine because you got your strength and you got your cardio do- during the day. Like if I think about how much I sweat when I'm working on a house project, mm. I'm in a full athletic sweat. So that means I'm working hard. Mm. So find what can you do that's gonna complement the the conditioning that you're getting from your actual labor and maybe in your case it might just be like straight up mobility yeah. it might be straight up mobility like hey you're just doing some good stretching you're doing some mobility wad uh, that's mobility workout of the day you can go to that website they got really good stuff on there to, to loosen up and make sure you're staying limber because another thing you find with construction guys is they end up with some you know with a bad back with a bad, they get you know tendonitis from swinging a hammer all day or holding. So you can get those kind of use overuse injuries, and yeah. So I would look at what you can do that's going to complement that. Also, maybe you feel like maybe you just need to do some heavy lifting because you're lifting something little all day. You know, mm-hmm. you're lifting drywall all day, so right. you're getting some good endurance, muscular endurance. But maybe just come home and do do a couple sets of heavy deadlifts or a couple sets of heavy squats. And the other thing here is like when we're on deployment. When I was back in the in, when I was in the military, when we were on deployment, we wouldn't be doing workouts that are going to give you the the four days of delayed yeah. onset muscular yeah. soreness. Right? Yeah. Not going to hurt do that. lockers. You're not going to put yeah. you in the pain locker. Yeah, yeah. Where hey, I did squats yesterday. Oh, Echo just got shot. I can't help him. Right, right. <laughs> I'm too tired. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm too sore. Broken. Someone grab Echo because my legs are super sore. <laughs> my quads are hurting from front squats yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about doing some something that's heavy, but it's quick, and you're not you know you're not going crazy. And doing so many sets that you're going to build up all kind of lactic acid and make your legs all sore. So maybe it's something that, but I would say explore all that. Look what you can find that's going to make you, that's going to complement you, what you do at work. And also you could look at some jujitsu. You know, look at some jujitsu. Jujitsu, although at first it's a crazy muscular workout, a full body workout like you've never had before. Yeah. Because you're resisting every part of your movement and you'll be sore in your entire body. But then, as you get better at it, you can relax more. That takes like a year, year and a half, maybe even two years before yeah. you can really start to relax. The thing that's cool about that for you is you got two kids under the age of four, so maybe in two or three years, they're ready to start training too. Now you got a little something to share with them. A little yeah. bit of jujitsu. So yeah, don't kill yourself. Find something that complements your work and 
if that's just stretching, man, just stretch. Yeah. And maybe, uh, you know what I used to do at, uh, when I was at Team 2? Team 2, we used, to do, we used to run all the time. It mm-hmm. was every day. It was like, oh, Monday, PT in a run. Tuesday, swim in a run. Wednesday, obstacle course and a run. run yeah. Thursday, I forget what it was. And then Friday was a long run. It was like a 12-mile run or 10-mile run on Fridays. So what I would do is I would get done with work on Friday or get done with the PT on Friday and usually it would be like half half day, Frogman Friday. Sure. <laughs> Frogman Friday, get some pre-war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no war going on. Guess what you do on Friday afternoon in the dreams? <laughs> You're gonna go, you know, get after it with your boys in the bar. In the bar, sure. Yeah. Frogman Friday. Frogman Friday. Again, Frogman Friday kind of went away once September 11th happened. So but this is pre-September 11th, Frogman Friday. So we'd get done with work at you know noon, and I would, so Friday, go down and hit my squats. And then, so Friday, I'd heal up Saturday and Sunday, back mm-hmm. to work on Sunday, ready to rock and roll. Yeah. So maybe you hit, just do a good workout on Friday. Yeah. Good hard workout on Friday, heal up over the weekend, you're feeling good, Monday back in the game. But yeah, hard labor. Yeah. Requires something a little bit different. Yeah. Than um, those of you that are sitting at a desk looking at a computer screen, like Echo Charles. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, you can do a different kind of workout when you do that all day, for sure. You mentioned the diet. I would say with 99% certainty, hmm. I would say, I don't know everybody, right. but I understand that. 99% certainty that if you have a good diet, not even a immaculate diet, a good diet, and you're working drywall, construction, moving, yeah. as you know, I used to be a mover for a little bit. Yeah. If you have a good diet. Did that mean you watched moving? Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently in your mind that qualifies for, you know, just total victory. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, yeah. I know you're an actual mover. I, right? Yeah, but get credit. I wasn't the best mover. I was one. Anyway, that's a, that's a whole other thing. Anyway, if you have a good diet and you're doing this kind of work, that is your workout, essentially, yeah. and it's a long one. It's probably a harder workout than most people's normal yes. workout. Yes. You do, and that's the thing. You're so right because when you're working eight, ten hours a day, there's a lot of work to be done. So your lunch break is like, dang, this is. I'm gonna go to get some delicious, you know, yeah. to this food truck right here, yeah. or this, you know, McDonald's, or wherever, wherever. It's not, you know, you. But you get a good diet with this kind of stuff. You essentially have a great workout along with a good diet. You're mm-hmm. going to get results, just that. Yeah. And in a way, you won't even really have to do these supplemental workouts unless you have different goals. So if you're like, um, okay, I'm just going to do my work. I'm going to have a good diet. And then I stretch afterwards, which is a, such a good idea when you yeah. work all day. Yeah, same all motion day. all day. Stretch, you know, get all that. Bro, you'll be way better. You'll feel way better too. Yep. And you'll be surprised how, how much easier the work becomes yeah. with that diet. And, and also maybe there's, like I said, you need to look for what complements it. Yeah. So- with drywall, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's probably not deadlifting because you're left lifting stuff all day. But maybe it's just like some hardcore, uh, like ab, yeah. core strength that you're gonna work. You're gonna, you know, and that's gonna strengthen your lower back. It's gonna offset all the pressure that you put on your back all day. So maybe it's that. Maybe it's, you know, pull ups because you're not really pulling yourself up. Yeah. So, so maybe you're doing two workouts. Maybe you're doing like one workout on Fridays. You're doing abs and pull ups. Yeah. And then during the week, you're doing a 20-minute stretch session yeah. to really make sure your hips are opened up, <laughs> right? Sure. 
course. Like them guys from 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, yeah, they gotta be flexible. They're flexible. That's you have to be. You have to be able to do Lotus to get your black belt from Eddie Bravo. Right, there you go. I can't do the Lotus. I can't get my black belt from Eddie Bravo. No, no, no. You can't. No. Sorry, bro. I should be able to do that at some point. De- depends on what you mean by should, but yeah, man, cool. Do the Lotus and work on that, and you know, report back. But yeah, the diet thing. I think the diet thing that's going to be seventy-five, if not more, percent. Yeah, well, people hit me up that issue. too. They say, "Oh, you don't sleep enough, and how how do you not sleep? D- don't eat crap, yeah. and you don't need as much sleep." Yeah, check that out. Give that yeah. one a try. Yeah, and and let's let's face it. There's people can be different with sleep yes. requirements. You're this obviously, you know, like if I said, "Hey, Jocko, you're in prison for I don't know whatever," and you have eight hours of sleep. Yeah, no. Sleep for eight hours we physically. I don't know if you I, can do I that. I deployed on a ship yeah. multiple times. Three shipboard deployments as a SEAL. And when you're a SEAL on a ship, you have no job. Yeah. You know, like the guys that are the guys that are in the regular Navy that are driving the ship and maintaining the ship and steering the ship and all that, they have a job. Yeah. We have no job. Yeah, yeah. And so what we, we could either sleep, eat, or lift. And that's what we used to right. say SEAL stood for. <laughs> sleep, eat, and lift. Yeah. But some guys would sleep a lot. Yeah. I wouldn't sleep a lot. Right. We had some guys that had like sleep disorders. There was a guy that slept for like 29 hours. But then he'd wake up and stay awake for 32 hours. And then he'd go back to bed well, for, yeah, it was kind of weird. What they call it? His, his circadian rhythm was way off. Yeah, and then that happens too on a ship because you can stay inside the ship with no sun for forever yeah, yeah. if you want to. That's jamming but we you used up. to we used to go out as much as we could on the deck of the ship. Yeah, get a suntan. No, do PT. Sure, that too. But yeah, I think you, um, yeah, you sleep different and, you yeah. know, some eight hour. And actually, I've done this thing where I got used to only getting like six, six and a half, and it it started to work. Like I started and to only need that. But, you know, I, I didn't like that whole thing. So <laughs> I tried to go back to actually, I only get six, maybe seven now anyway, because the kids think. Anyway, the diet, I think. Will I for real think I believe this yep. to be a fact 75% or more Solution to the whole problem. Yeah the diet clean up the diet eat good bring yeah. your lunch. Yeah stay away from the Mickey D's Yeah, stay away from all that stuff the But again, man, that's that is hard though consider it. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you've yeah It's hard too because you were tired. It's a cycle that you start going down because yeah. you were tired when you got home So you didn't make any food for the, ne- yeah. the next day So that means you brought something crappy or you yeah. bought fast food and now you ate the fast food Which makes you feel bad which means yeah. you get home your tires which means you don't make lunch for the next day Which means you're going yeah. in this bad cycle. Yeah, and that's so, not to mention the pleasure part of it because like damn this hard work I need some relief from this hard work work on my lunch break bring so it's like, cool. some dark chocolate Yeah, maybe right it's like cool. bring some chocolate milk Yeah, Stuff it. tastes good and it's good for you. Well, Arguably, we'll say arguably. It, it's not as bad for you as a Mountain Dew. Yeah, or a, or a pizza by the slice from the Don't truck, the food yeah. truck. Yeah, and that's usually what it is, man. Take from me, I know. All right. Cool, next question. By the way, that was one question. We're 20 minutes deep. All right, hey, man, <laughs> we got to get to the bottom of these things. I think that'll help, though. It will. I think so, because yeah. look, if you if let's say if you think, oh, yeah, maybe I'll change my diet. But you know what? OK, I'll maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I'll just kind of focus on the workout part of it. Yeah. Bro, you, you can on work out. Part. Man, one time I was like, uh, I didn't do any cardio. I just kind of lifted and whatever. My diet was not all that. And sure, I was I was big and strong. I went to the doctor. They said, your your cholesterol or, you know, some stuff on the inside. I was super unhealthy. He was like, you're unhealthy. 
I'm all big and strong. I was like, wait, sir, but I can bench a lot. I'm like, bro, that doesn't matter. So you can hang drywall all day, all day. And dang, that's some good endurance if you can do that all day, every day for 14 years, by the way. And be like, oh, unhealthy because you ate wrong. It'll jam you up that bad. Clean up the diet. Yeah, good news. Clean up the diet. Next Clean question. Up the whole situation. Next question. Next question. How do you Next ins- How do you install pride back into an individual and ultimately a battalion? I'm on my 17th year serving in the British Army. I've been in my role for about a decade, and I'm about to move on to a different job. Recently, I've came out of my platoon bubble and noticed there are numerous issues I've identified, and I'm looking to help my COC in fixing it. All right. So you want to instill pride back into uh, a battalion, into a unit, into an individual. Uh, in my opinion, pride comes from hard work. Mm-hmm. Pride comes from discipline. Pride comes from performance, and pride comes from winning. Sure. And how do you win? You win from hard work. You win from discipline. So that's the cycle. You work hard, you stay disciplined, that makes you start to perform, that makes you start to win. When you start to win, you get pride. And of course there's a dichotomy there too, because you can work your guys too hard, right? You can do that. So you have to balance it. And it's funny, actually, Leif was talking about this. I think, I don't know if it was, uh, we were with a company, and he was saying when we formed up Task Unit Bruiser, We worked hard. We worked a lot harder than normal task units worked. Mm. We stayed later at work. We came in earlier. And, you know, he was saying, hey, when we first, the first like month we were together and, and Jocko's got everyone coming in early and all this stuff and people are grumbling about it and why do we got to do this extra stuff? Mm. And he's, he's like, yeah, there's people are grumbling about it. But then once we started going through training and our performance was above our peers then all of a sudden it turned from grumbling to like pride yeah, yeah. so that's then then the guys they stopped complaining and they start bragging yeah, yeah. because you know what where to you bruiser yeah of course you're not at work because your your task unit is weak yeah, yeah. we are strong you are weak get away from us we don't want to be associated with you mm-hmm. so you start getting that which is you know pride yeah so I think that's what you got to do you got to instill the hard work, the discipline in your team, it'll hurt a little bit at first. You gotta make sure you don't go overboard with it and that'll get you what you want. If you need further references on that, read a book called Steal My Soldier's Hearts by Colonel David Hackworth or read About Face by Colonel David Hackworth. He talks about this. He takes he takes battalion, his battalion in Vietnam with no pride and turns them into people with a ton of pride. How does he do it? Makes them work hard, makes them have discipline, and then they take pride in what they're doing. Lead by example. Yes, yes. Always. And Hackworth, he doesn't change everything at once. Mm. He doesn't come in and just go crazy. He starts changing important small things, couple a day. Huh. I think literally he says two a day. Yeah. He change two things a day. Yeah, it's good. But he did start off with a big thing. If you remember this, he checked in this battalion. Guys have radios, guys have guitars, guys have little bars set up. They got all this crap. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Hey, everything that you can't fit in a rucksack tomorrow morning in the middle of the compound here, and we're getting rid of it. So that was a big wake up call for everyone. Yeah. 
but it was a it was a wake up call and also it was why are we doing this well we're doing this so that we can move when we move we won't get hit at night we won't get hit at night we won't lose anybody so yeah. good stuff makes sense next question sorry for the english i'm french that's a disclaimer mm. how can a man that has not grown up with the confidence and trust male role models and mentors sort of anti-Uncle Jake persons only intellectual I'm saying this without disrespect to these people how can they become a confident man and develop the necessary man skills quote unquote okay it's interesting you can say man skills in quotes and I think we pretty much know what that means right yes like we know what that means so so how do you do that? You don't have any positive role model around you that's like an Uncle Jake. Which, by the way, most people don't have an Uncle Jake. Yeah. Right? That's I not normal so. to have Uncle Jake. Most people, you got what you got. And in this case, he's saying he's got, like, the intellectuals. So, mm-hmm. you know, oh, my parents were college professors, and they don't have any of these skills, and they sit around and talk about philosophy. Mm-hmm. Right? Now I ended up, I can talk about philosophy well, but... I can't fix my car. Yeah. Or I can't defend myself. Yeah. In a combat scenario in the mm-hmm. streets. Mm-hmm. So, what are you going to do? Okay, this is real simple. Go do things. Mm-hmm. Go do things. Lift, start lifting weights. Learn how to deadlift. Learn how to squat. Yeah. That's a that's part about being a man, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Physically strong. Yeah, physically strong. Learn some jujitsu. I recommend that. P- probably could have guessed that one. Yeah. Learning how to fight. Learning how to defend yourself. I just got asked this the other day. A kid came up to me. He's like, "What should I do if I get intimidated by other people and I or I don't know how to react when people like get in my face?" And I said, "Do you train jujitsu? No. Start training jujitsu. Mm-hmm. But then what? I'm going to fight everyone? No, no, no. You don't have to because you already know you can beat them up. Right. Now if they attack you, yeah, you can beat them up. Mm-hmm. But if they are just getting in your face and trying to punk you, and you look at them and go." Hey, if you want to do this, let's do this, but I don't care. Yeah. I know you can come to my gym. I'll choke you out. Mm. Train some jujitsu. Uh, so we got that one. Run, hike, sprint, climb, build things. Start building things. Rewire things. Do some plumbing. These things are not, they're, they're not impossible to do. Now, it's going to take you longer, right? Like, I've rewired my parts of my house. Mm-hmm. I've replumbed parts of my house. So, done all the plumbing in parts of my house. Now, if you watch a skilled electrician yeah, yeah. do what I'm doing, it would literally take him one eighth of the time, maybe one quarter of the time. Because, yeah. or like the drywaller we were talking about earlier, yeah. a good drywaller, they are like masters. Yeah, a yeah. good electrician, masters. A good plumber, they're smooth. Me, it's going to take a while. Sure. So, but but what I'm saying is it's not impossible. Yeah. It's not impossible to do. Mm-hmm. And it'll take you more time, but you're learning how to do it. And that gives you, what does that give you? It gives you the self-reliance, right? Yeah. Hey, I can fix my electrical outlet if I need to. Yeah. So those are good things. Work on your car. Change your oil. Whatever. Do those things. Yeah. And and again, those things, like I, so I took electricity 
class in high school sure where we learned how to wire rooms and everything is that what it's called electricity it was called class? electricity class right on i took electricity with scotty was the teacher's name sure wait you called him scotty everyone called him scotty he was an older guy yeah. his name was scotty we all called him scotty Sweet. so scotty but we we learned how to wire houses and all that yeah. well i didn't remember any of that when i was now 20 years later or 15 years later, I'm rewiring my kitchen, where I, which I ripped out of my house. Okay, so what did I do? You know what I did? Went down to Home Depot. I bought a book called Electrical Wiring. And I read through it and I followed the directions. Same thing with plumbing. Go down, buy a book called How to Do Plumbing. And you do it. And, it, and the, the good thing about this stuff, is it's very satisfying to do that kind of work. Right? Yeah. It's very satisfying yeah. to do it. And you can over-engineer things. You make things super solid in your own house, yeah, super yeah. secure, yeah. super, yeah. You can just kind of go the extra distance because it's your own your own house. So that's cool. Uh, so those are all physical things and some kind of knowledge things that you can start working on. What well, The hardest thing to overcome here is like a level of embarrassment. Yeah. Right. Well, how like, so? Like uh, I don't know anything about wiring. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I don't know anything about wiring. Yeah, that's true. And so people don't want to say anything, so they'd rather just say, "Hey, well, let's get an electrician in here to figure this one out." Yeah. Or hey, I'll just get yeah. So they're they're too embarrassed. But if you have time, <laughs> do it yourself. Yeah. And don't be embarrassed about it. Be like, hey, I'm I'm rewiring my kitchen. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Give me this book. Yeah. What do I need to get? Oh, give me some tools. It's it's good to have good tools. Yeah. Uh, also, so that's that's like I said, those are things that you can do. You know, um, learn to shoot. You know, learn to shoot. That's a good good skill to have. Also, read, right? Read uh, about history. Read about survival. Read about the world. Read about human beings under duress. Mm-hmm. Read. Read books. Good books about good stuff, about challenges. It's and then just like Mark in Way of the Warrior Kid, he he doesn't know his times tables. He has to learn them. You have to go learn all the stuff I'm talking about. You have to go learn. Mm. And with with time, your confidence is going to grow. And from humility, you'll grow into being more confident. Now you also say you don't have any mentors or role models around you. That's okay because those mentors mentors and role models. Are in books and you can find them you can I just talked about David Hackworth good mentor to have imagine you can have a guy a guy wrote you a 1,000 page book on how to lead mm-hmm. and it's for you <laughs> that's pretty awesome beyond band of brothers by Dick Winters mm-hmm. guess what here's a guy that was the in charge of the band of brothers in Normandy and he wrote a book for you to learn how to lead so those are some examples and like I said most of the books that we've covered on this or many of the books that we cover on this podcast give you a mentor better than anyone could possibly hope for yeah so you can get it there but and, and we mostly cover war books but there's books about all kinds of people that can be virtual mentors so read Study, do. Do. That's my advice on that one. Yeah, that physically strong thing is a, in my opinion, a big deal, because especially what with, um, you know, intellectual 
types and that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Since that's not really a priority a lot of the time, you tend to, you know how like you're not into something, so you kind of shun it as yeah, a result. Yeah, that you happens. Know? Yeah. You know how like, and I've seen this, I'm not saying all <laughs> yeah. the time, but you know, yeah. sometimes the intellectual. I don't like takedowns, so I'm not going to do them. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. you think of all the reasons why you don't need to do it yeah. and how guys focus too, you know, or whatever. So in an in intellectual circle, we'll say yeah. those circles sometimes. You'd be like, oh yeah, those meatheads or whatever. Sure. You know, they just sh- they'll shun it. Are you, you sensitive know? about that issue? Oh no, no, yeah, maybe no. I don't think so. Actually, yeah. but they'll do that. Yeah, and then there'll be these fr- physically frail people, but since they they're in their mind smarter than everyone, yeah. they feel like they have the one up, and they're kind of there's an element of satisfaction there. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you're physically weak yeah. when it comes down to yeah. it. And I think most of the time, I think, I don't know, but it seems like most of the time they'll have these feelings like this guy asked right here. Like, yeah, man, how can I develop? Cause I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they just want to be in denial. Right. That's what exactly. But and, when you're in and denial, also, you feel it. and by the way, the same thing happens in the reverse, right? Yeah. Yes. A guy 100%. that's just a meathead, he shuns and, and disrespects or yeah. disregards the intellectual side yes. of things yep. and that is the that is equally as bad yep. because they're not they don't know what's going on they're not yep. knowledgeable they're not learning they don't yep. understand the world in a clear way so find the balance between those two things yeah like, and yeah. The, what's great is those things are not mutually exclusive like you don't have to just be a meathead or just have to be a bookworm right you can do both there's plenty of time in the day to do both yep. be a a, a smart ass guy with a big deadlift. That's a good thing. <laughs> yes, I'm trying dope. to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Not there yet, but I'm yeah. working on it. Yeah, and then that one level up, which is the jujitsu part of it. Jujitsu. Here's the thing too. I was mm. thinking about jujitsu. Oh yeah. Where, well, jujitsu combines the intellectual piece with yeah, the physical piece. Yeah, and in a way, you can kind of. I would. I'm not recommending this at all. In fact, I'm against this. But this is the nature of jujitsu. You don't have to be that. Like, you don't have to have a big deadlift to to dominate in jiu-jitsu. For sure. You don't have to do any of that. So you can essentially overcome the physical part of it. Yes, you Even can. though jiu-jitsu is physical, but it's you don't have to you be You can overcome the physical person. part of it for it f- to a point. Yeah. But yeah. in everyday life, I mean, you you're trying to you're trying to be the the guy. Like if someone's better than you at jiu-jitsu <laughs> in the training room, yeah. it really bothers you. you are know? you talking about are you talking about you. everyone or are no. you just talking about me? You Jocko. It doesn't bother me. Well, let's say it motivates you. I don't know. You no, like it, it, like it doesn't bother me. Right, right, right. Okay. I mean, like for instance, I train with Dean Lister all the time. Yeah, he's better at me than jujitsu. Right. I every day want to train with him. Right. So, so it doesn't bother yes, me. Yes, yes, it's not bother, but like what I don't know compels you. It like, compels me. Like yeah. you know, well maybe it does. Like I hate it. At the end Is of the bothering? day, deep down, oh, yeah. it depends on what you mean by bother. It's but funny. You know what I I'm hate saying. it. I do. I hate it, and I love it. And right. we were just joking about it the other day because we got into a little scrap yesterday. Yeah. You know, kind of sure. end of training, and all of a sudden things got escalated. Sure. Yeah, man. I know. And there was some shouting going on, and. Shouting. Yeah. Oh, Shouting. Dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, he was saying what he says and I was saying what I say. And uh yeah. but we had a you know, we had a mutual truce at the end. Sure. We I think he didn't really want any more. I didn't really want any more. Right, so we right. just kinda yeah, said yeah. let's let's laugh and call it good. Because <laughs> you're you're rolling the dice. Yeah. When I'm rolling with Dean, there's a there's a dice roll happening. Because if he ends up in a good position on me, there's gonna be pain there's gonna be pain. Yeah. If I end up in a good position on him, there's going to be pain. So I think both of us, we got away a little bit unscathed. Neither one of us got a really good position. Mm. And we, got, I got back up to my feet. And, I, <laughs> and then we both kind of just had a mutual yeah. uh, 
agreement, an unspoken agreement yeah. that we were done for the day. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. See how that happens. But the point there being is, in a, almost like in this weird way, you know how like intellectually you can excel so you can kind of find it justifiable to avoid the physical part of it? It's almost like you could almost say the same thing about jiu-jitsu. You could still be effective in defending yeah. yourself without be physically strong necessarily. Right, right. But, but my point is that there's a limitation to that. Like yeah, ultimately, y- y- yeah. if you you can be you can be unbelievable at jujitsu, but if you're really really weak and you go against someone that's really good at jujitsu, right. but they're a hell of a lot stronger than you, yeah, you're gonna have some issues. Right, right, yeah, and, so, and that goes for everything. You got to sure. be both. Yeah, I ideally, and that's ultimately the main point is just like how intellectually you can be, you know, a black belt. And you can sort of, in a way, get away with not necessarily being this physically oh, opposing yeah, people yeah, yeah. and vice versa. And then jujitsu is like that third element. You can sort of get away with not being super strong, but still be effective in jujitsu. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. ideally, just it's like I said. somewhere in the middle. Yeah, get, get that balance. I hear what you're saying. But being able to defend yourself is a whole other thing than being physically strong. Uh, you know, seems obvious, but when you go through life, I think it's not. Because you get these like big jack guys and it's like no one wants to mess with him. Well... Bro, this medium to small guy who knows jujitsu or knows mm-hmm. these, you know, for real fighting stuff is way more of a, I don't want to say dangerous, but yeah, ultimately way yeah. more dangerous than this big jack guy who can lift a lot. For sure. So it's that third element that are kind of like. Isn't it weird when you roll with somebody that's super jacked and they don't know jujitsu? Yes. It, and, and it's amazing. It was, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like amazing. Yeah. You just think to yourself, how is this happening? Yeah. How, this is the magical power. Yeah. Because you look at a big jack guy, your human instincts tell you, look out. Yeah, he's going to... That person is stronger than you. Yeah. You know, watch out. But when you know jujitsu, you don't... And eventually, you realize you don't even have that anymore. Yeah. You know, everyone you're looking at thinking... Wait, you don't have what? Oh, you don't have you don't that. Have it's the not, instinct you're not as of amazed. fear. Yeah, you don't yeah. have that instinct of fear. Right. Although you're still, you, you, you know, my first thought when I look at someone is like, do they train or not? Yeah. Do they train or not? If yeah. they train, we we may have issues. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a problem. If they don't train, no factor. Yeah. No train, no factor. Yeah. If they train, may have a factor. That's why I got to work out hard. That's why yeah. I got to be strong. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know. Because they might be coming to take my lunch money. Maybe. Right? You never know. Don't want that. Bro, how's this? Last night. Literally last night. I didn't see. Do you train last night? I did not train last night. Oh, This okay. is a, a real world um, experience. Mm. So, you know, the five gallon jugs of water, you know, those big, you put yes. in the water cooler or whatever. So there's like a little refilling thing that I went to. It was like. Nighttime. You've told this story before. No, there's another one. This oh, happened okay. last night. Dang. So, Hazardous duty. I know, man. Water refilling <laughs> oh, of the no. jugs. Yeah, I know. Okay. I mentioned. Okay. I do that. Okay. Right. Yep. So last night when I was doing that, I was refilling the jugs. Um, you know, I go in the store. I'm coming out, walking to my truck to get the empty jugs to go to the little thing. Mm-hmm. As I'm walking to my truck, a car pulls up right next to the water filling thing. Mm-hmm. There's a what's called a red box. You know what that yeah, is? Yeah. It's a DVD red rental DVDs. thing. Yeah. Yep. So car pulls up. A kid, maybe 12 years old, jumps mm-hmm. out of the car. He starts like, you was, know, he, was he yoked? Doing no, normal kid, whatever. And from in the car, there's a male, probably his dad, someone, maybe his stepdad, really. And immediately the dad starts yelling at him, mm-hmm. like, just put it in the thing. And just to the point where I thought he was kind of joking, mm-hmm. where, because I'll joke with my daughter like that. I'll yeah. be like, kind of like how you'll do sometimes. I do that. Yeah. Sometimes. You'll get it. But, and it sounded like a joke. Mm hmm. 
But I was like, bro, this guy's serious. And the kid is like, you could tell he was kind of used to it. Uh-huh. You know, he was like, I am, I'm doing, I'm trying, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And the, the kind of the whole parking lot could hear. Yeah. And this is at nighttime. It's like, you're setting. So I'm walking to my truck. I'm like, bro, if I get to this place and this guy's still there, not even yelling, I'm still there, I'm going to have to say something. Not be a dick. Not be like, hey, don't talk to him like that. I'm going to try to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, this kid, you know, whatever. I had this little thing. Before I knew jujitsu or anything like that, I wouldn't have messed with it. I would have even been like big mm-hmm. or whatever and strong. I would have been like, oh man, that sucks. You never know and, what that guy's know, got going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but man, I was like, man, I'm going to do this. So I grabbed it and they, they left. So I didn't get the opportunity, but I'm just saying these are things that can happen on varying levels every day. Yeah. And if you're an intellectual type, not, and I'm not saying if you're an intellectual, but if you don't have these elements of whether it be skill or, yeah. or knowledge or whatever, like those things mess with you, you know? You're like, yeah. dang, I can't. I yeah. can't when do I didn't know and when I figured out what jujitsu was, when Master Chief Steve Bailey choked me, and he yeah. was he was an old man at the time, probably three years younger than I am right now. <laughs> and I was old thinking school. to myself, how, yeah. this how did this guy just do this to me? That's yeah. insane. That's yeah. completely insane. Yeah. I need to learn whatever he knows. Yeah. Teach to me whatever you know, because <sighs> I don't want to feel that way ever. Bro, and then you're training it. Like, let's say you train for five years. For five years, you're training not against people who don't know. You're training against people who oh, do yeah, know. Yeah. Dangerous people yeah. who do know, like, how well, to defend your shit. And then you go in the real world. happening. Yeah, you have, this guy has no idea yeah. how much control you have over him. And you didn't even touch him. Yeah. I see. Yeah. That's it's totally true. So, yeah, this this whole thing where, I mean, you're not, your thing about... um some guy was the guy was uh his problem was like when people get in his face or whatever his problem wasn't getting beat up it yeah. was when people get in your face and how you react and how right, you feel and right. stuff but that feeling gone yeah because you're right you're 100 right because he said he wasn't scared of fighting he was saying like i might get in trouble he was he didn't like how he felt he right. felt like he should do something and he felt like a wimp basically yeah. when you know that you can destroy someone yeah. then it doesn't matter yeah. you just think they're an idiot yeah you beat them you get the strength and the skills and you actually beat them on an intellectual level. Boom. So it's like a Dang. double double gravitational effect <laughs> on that one. All right. So yeah, yeah, if you can get those three in intellectual, psychological, whatever, mental, physical and skill wise defending yourself, bro, that's the, the the three right there. It's good stuff. And now it's just just how hard you want to hit it, really. You wanna hit it hard. I think so too. You know, it's very beneficial to hit it hard. Next question. Jocko. Should someone always be detached? Okay, straightforward question. Uh, The answer is no. Someone shouldn't always be detached because otherwise you aren't enjoying anything in your life. So don't always be detached. Detached, no. But at the same time, that being said, you should be aware Mm-hmm. All the time, if you are getting sucked into the emotional vortex, right? You've got to be aware of that. Once you have that awareness, you don't need to be detached all the time at all. Yeah. You can, I'm not always detached at all, but, but I've got clear warning signs when things start going sideways uh, and I start going down some vortex, I know immediately and I just detach. Yeah, yeah. So it's really easy. It's, but it, it does take practice, yeah. and eventually you realize that you know when you're feeling overwhelmed or when you're feeling emotional or when you're feeling angry or you're feeling frustrated, 
when you start feeling those things and you sense them really quickly and you recognize them, you just detach, boom, you're done. Yeah. So that's what you gotta do. Start recognizing those red flags so that you can enjoy the good things and when something starts getting crazy, you can detach. Yeah, so it's like an overall skill of being able to control when to detach and when you don't have to. Being able to identify yeah. when you need to detach, yeah. then being able to detach, then you're good. Yeah, so it's like a, it's a matter of being capable of making an accurate, beneficial choice. Yeah, but the identification is the hard part. Yes, that's people. What, I mean. what happens to people when they talk to me is they go. They after the fact they realize I lost my temper and I did this. Yeah. yeah okay, you didn't detach in time, and that's why you ended up there. Yeah. So, or I said some things to my, you know, my ex girlfriend that I shouldn't have said because I got too emotional. Exactly. Yeah. You didn't detach in time. Yeah. You got crazy and emotional. So the skill that you're missing is identifying when you're starting to get too emotional, yeah. whatever that emotion might be. Once you identify it, boom, detach. Yeah, it's kind of like control. <laughs> then you can take control. Yes, and make p- tactical moves. Yeah, not emotional moves. And that's ultimately the the art, you know, to mm. make the move. You know how like jujitsu guys, if they've never taken actually it? no, you know what the moves when you're emotionally detached, the moves actually aren't that hard. They're actually usually pretty obvious. Yeah, like you're you're in a fight with your girlfriend, and and you're starting to go down the wrong lane as soon as you detach you go Oh, I know what I need to do. Yeah, I should say I'm sorry and tell her that we can go to the restaurant that she wants to go to or whatever You know what I mean? Yep. You, the the, the sure. moves are not actually that hard yeah. But we never make good moves when we're being emotional right instead We just go no, I don't want to go to that restaurant We went there three weeks in a row and I don't care if I said that to you you deserve me to say that to you Yeah, 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 that, that's you go sometimes. down the wrong path but what if somebody's like detached the whole time, even when problems don't arise? Then, you know, well, like then, that. Then we don't have a relationship, right? right? That's what I mean. That's a yeah, problem. Yeah, that's too. what I'm saying. So, so yeah. you're not being detached all, all the time. That's what. Yeah. I, that's the answer to the question, right? So it's like you've reiterated it for everyone. Yeah, man, that's what I'm here for. I think <laughs> a lot of times, <laughs> you know, how guys will um, ask you, "Hey, I want to learn jujitsu. I want to learn to mess people up." It's like, bro, that's not really what it is. No. Jujitsu is having the skills to quote unquote mess people up, but what you learn ultimately is. You put yourself in a position where you can make that decision. For is sure. it time to mess someone up or not? You know, and you just that's have control the of the situation. Of the so that's really what most it is. people that start with the vision of I want to be able to mess people up. Most people continue that that do continue on the journey of jujitsu arrive at a point where they realize that they don't want to abuse this power that they now have. Yeah. Most people. Yeah. There is a small percentage of people that don't that are bullies. They yeah. were bullies when they started, and they become more effective bullies. Yeah. More fearful, more yeah. more fear in posing bullies. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah, but jujitsu is power. That's why you gotta have some of it. Yeah, agree. But compared to like a, I don't know, anything where it's like striking based or whatever, it's like you, it like I've said this before. I'm not gonna go deep in it, but you go from zero to ten when you throw a strike. That's oh, yeah, you're already yeah, yeah. at ten. Yeah, yeah, you know, you can't just throw a light one and be like, okay, are we yeah, cool yeah, now? No, you know, no. kind of thing. Because no. you're not cool. No, you just slapped me in the face. Yeah. We ain't cool at all. Yeah, you brought it to ten, whether <laughs> yeah. you knocked him out or not. So. It's funny because, like, I see, I see my kids, and and what you're talking about can happen very easily when other people are in the group with my kids. I mean, because yeah. they've been training jujitsu, so even. Like against any normal kid, there's no factor. Yeah. Like I see, you know, my son will be wrestling around with some kid. It's no factor. Yeah. And it's 
You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. It's real cool. Yeah, I see and, little. And you, you know, my kids aren't like jujitsu. Like, there's kids out there that are sick, competitive jujitsu all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That that's not what I'm talking. I'm talking about like just knowing yeah. jujitsu. A hundred percent correct. Yes, and but when I see kids doing jujitsu, especially like I'm not saying in necessarily even in a tournament. I'm just mm-hmm. saying in jujitsu in class, yeah. even at the beach or whatever. When I see, them, bro, I'm like, man, I. F- I wish I could have done jiu-jitsu when oh, I was a little kid. Sure. You know how fun that would be? Yeah. Man, it, yeah. It's Make up for it now. I'm trying. Next question. Jocko, I've been offered a job as a deputy sheriff. I have a few months before the position is actually open. I really want slash need to get into some jiu-jitsu due to the nature of the job. The closest place to me is over an hour drive away. Yeah, hard, hard harsh. Deal. Finances are an issue when it comes to that kind of drive, plus fees to attend. My main question is, how do you feel about Gracie's online school as an option? If I were to find others who want to learn, would this be effective? Uh, yes. So here's what you need to do: get some mats. You can make mats. Mm-hmm. You can get you can get a piece of canvas from Home Depot. Or a piece of vinyl and string it between trees on the ground mm-hmm. you just have mats you just made them all over grass that works I've done it Dude. I've trained on with there's a truck called a six by in the military it's a big giant like a truck sure. and it has you, you've seen this in like your typical war movie the truck with the canvas tarp over the yeah, back yeah, Rambo so. I've taken that thing off and that was my mat on top of the truck? No, no, no. Taking it off the top of the truck. Oh, you took that canvas Took thing. that canvas off, oh, put it on the ground. Dang. Guess what I got now? Jiu-jitsu mat. <laughs> strung, put stakes in the ground. Canvas We're good mat. to go. Yeah. It's canvas, but it's good to go. Yeah. So you do that. Then you get on YouTube. You get on YouTube. You know, Gracie Academy, uh, Marcelo Garcia Online, those are really good. I would actually start with YouTube. Just like get some basics down, get some fundamentals. Get You need two, three, four friends. If you got a friend that wrestled, get him in there. Oh yeah. If you got a friend that did judo, get him in there. Um, and then you just start looking at the moves and fighting each other and trying to see what works. And don't go nuts on each other. Try and figure out what works, what doesn't work. Learn the basic concepts. And then maybe Saturdays, maybe every other Saturday, maybe one Saturday a month, you drive an hour to the school with your buddies. You go in there. You say, hey, man, we live up in wherever, an hour away from here. If we give you 10 bucks, can we get on the mat You know, this weekend yeah. just, for, just for a couple hours? Can you, can you look at what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Maybe even say, hey, look, can the four of us get a private? We'll all give you 20 bucks. That's 80 bucks you can make in an hour. Coach, please. Mm-hmm. So then you get some detailed training, and that's going to give you a base. You know, That's, yeah. I think, your best option. Yeah, fully. And these um, online... Uh, you know, academies and stuff. Yeah. That's essentially what they're made for. If you can't make yeah, it that's to exactly the academy. What oh stuff, yeah, if you can make good. it to academy, you go to the academy. Yeah, exactly. Wherever that academy is. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... Podcast um, number six. Uh-huh. We talk about what to look for in a jiu-jitsu academy. Yeah. So go back to podcast number six if you're starting jiu-jitsu and you want to find a good academy. Go back to podcast number six. Yeah. It's in there. Yeah, fully. And I think to start, especially if you don't know jiu-jitsu at all, like, I think a lot of us started jiu-jitsu with watching UFC one, two, three, four, yeah. you know? So we kind of, after watching that, we kind of see, okay, I, I see if you're mount, if you have a mount, that's good. Yeah. If you're on the bottom, guard. If you're, you know, so you yeah. kind of pick so up, okay. I, I didn't, I knew what jujitsu was, so I didn't get to experience trying to learn the basic moves from seeing on a UFC. So I'm taking what you're telling me as factual, 
and it makes some sense but so did you actually like compute the the positions yes. you were like okay that's the guard so you must have yeah. watched in detail well no you must have watched you must be like okay that guy hoist Gracie that guy that's wearing that white thing yeah. that white uniform look what he's doing he's got his legs closed around that guy that's what you guys were doing essentially but the, because the, even the announcers weren't calling it guard back then were they uh yes there was a guy who was a real nerdy guy and he was that was UFC two I want to say mm-hmm. maybe even one I forget which one was which but yeah he he knew and you could tell he was like kind of prideful that he mm-hmm. would train with Horian or whatever but he goes see now he's gonna pull him in between his guard like that's uh, the, you know yeah, rudimentary yeah, yeah, yeah. but he knew and he goes okay he's going to mount and it was real repetitive because he'd do the same yeah. thing so yeah you you essentially if you're so paying you attention did, you, you did learn did guard learn that you, you don't learn how to do an armbar how to you know well when I teach kids sometimes I'll just say. You want for like, let's say a kid's been training for a day. It's their first day. You want to keep your legs around them, right? Yeah, that's guard. They don't even know what they're doing. And then you say the other kid, you want to get away from their or get around their legs. Yeah, and so they just try and do it, and that's a pretty cool way to start things off. Very. You'd be surprised at what kids will instinctively do. Yeah, yeah. To make things happen there. Yeah, and you even at the muster, you know how you explain it just real quick, Mm -hmm. like you're okay. This is mount. This is why it's important. This guard. This is why it's important. That's really. Like the other day, um, at a, there was a new girl in there. Her name's Sarah. I remember that because you know, I know someone else named Sarah. But anyway, uh, Adam, it was time to roll rounds. He mm-hmm. was like, "Hey, there." Adam was like, "Hey, you know, there's some new people here. Smasher, no day, <laughs> zero days, whatever." Um, experience can you I don't know teach her something. You know, as the rounds are yeah. going on, because I didn't have a partner at yeah. that time. Came in late, whatever. But so I went and I did essentially that, just a crash course. This is mount. This is guard. This is uh, uh, side mount. Right. You know, and this is the importance of each one. And then this is literally takes five minutes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, here's the importance of everyone. And then I do a little quiz at the end. I say, okay, boom, boom, we fight. It's like a half speed. We fight. Boom, right. we fall to the ground. Where do you want to be? Yep. And the, you know, so it's like a little quiz. And boom, right there, that five minutes, you learn everything that I learned from watching UFC one, two, three. But in <laughs> a more studying, specific and detail. you were studying them, and you were trying to figure it out. But yeah, you can learn it in five minutes from somebody showing it to you. Exactly right. If yeah. that's what they're teaching you, yeah. a lot of times people will go in on their first day. And some some academies they're dope. They'll have an introductory class class, which is kind of mm-hmm. that. It's called an introductory class. But if you're like, hey, this is my first day. Let me see what I can learn. Then they'll learn like some, um, you know, omoplata or something. And they're like, wait, whoa, <laughs> I don't know sense, how this yeah. even makes sense to to me, you know. Yeah. But if you learn that crash course, um, or you know, even going to muster, that's why it's so cool. You you go over that, and everyone's like, yeah. dang, this is cool. Yeah. You can leave that, and now you're way better off. You know, now what's funny at the muster is everyone has heard us talk about jujitsu. So they have this anticipation of it being really cool and then when they connect the dots Between like okay, you learn the mount and then you learn the guard and then you learn the sit-up sweep And when you're done with the sit-up sweep you're you're from the guard you're back in the mount and people are like it's a miracle It's a miracle There's the magic. Yeah, it is and it's essentially before the actual moves like doing the moves, it's just you have to know what's important and what's not. Mm-hmm. Like if you mount on someone just by happenstance, you don't know what mount is or the importance of mount. But if you wind up on the mount, you're trying to punch the guy. I'm saying in the fight. You're trying yeah. to punch the guy and trying to do damage, trying to win the fight. But punching the guy is not what you should be focused on primarily. It should be keeping the mount. Maintain the position. Yes, exactly right. But no one's going to automatically know that. It's not, you yeah. know, you're trying to beat up the guy I'm on top. I can punch him. Let me punch him. But no, it's just one of the many examples. Next Good. question. Jocko, my boss is incredibly controlling and egomaniacal. 
I like him already. <laughs> Egomaniac, huh? You like that? Just, I have... I've attempted to use extreme ownership in dealing with the people under me, but my boss has reprimanded me for leading. He has said he gets he gets to do all the leading because he's the one in charge, quote unquote. And and his job title is higher than mine. I've had that happen to me before, by the way. If I could continue to try to lead, my responsibilities will be taken away. If I step back into the shadows, I won't make an impact on the people under me. What should I do? So it's black and white. Yeah. Right. In his mind. Seems that way. You can either step up and lead and get fired or step in the shadows and do nothing. And yeah. everyone will suffer. <laughs> it's not it's not that way, right? It's not it's not black and white. Yeah. Uh, and actually start by putting your own ego in check. Mm. Cuz you're calling someone egomaniacal, but your your ego is being being touched a little bit here, yeah, being yeah. rubbed the wrong way a little bit because you want to lead, and when you get told don't lead, you get, it, it offends you. Yeah. Guess what that is? Your ego. That's your ego. So, what you need to do is maybe you like the you like the feeling of being in charge. That's cool. I like the feeling of being in charge. Yeah. It's, it feels good to me. It feels normal to me. When I'm not in charge, I don't like it. I have to consciously suppress it, mm. which is fine. Sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. Like right in this situation here that this guy's talking about. And what you need to suppress is you need to not be so overt with your leadership. He shouldn't even be able to sense that you're leading, but you should be leading. Yeah, you yeah. gotta be under the radar. You gotta be covert with what you're doing. And by the, while you're doing that, you're massaging homeboy's ego. Making him feel good about it. Making him feel that he is running things. And because because you can absolutely lead from the shadows if your ego allows it. Because a lot of times when we want when we lead, we want everyone to know that we're leading. Yeah, yeah. I want everyone to know that I'm in charge. Yeah, yeah. I want them to know that I'm the man. <laughs> right? Yep. That's really hard. When you're leading from the shadows, a lot of times not even the people that you're leading recognize overtly that you're leading. Think about that. So the people that are actually following you don't even know that they're following you. Mm. They don't. They don't consciously know it. Maybe if they were to break down and you give give them like a, hey, who do you think is actually giving you instruction? They go, well, I think that might be probably that. Seems like it's Echo. Okay, okay, but they don't like consciously think about it. Mm. So that's what you need to do. You need to suppress your overt leadership, not step on the boss's toes, massage his leader, massage his ego a little bit because. If you do get your response, you want to help, right? Yeah. You want to be helpful? You want to lead these people in a great way? If you don't, if you get your responsibilities taken away or you get fired, then you can't help anyone, anybody. Mm-hmm. You're not going to help the team at all. So you have to be smart and you have to play the game to win his confidence and his trust so he does let you lead. And what's going to do that? When he realizes that you're not going to step on his toes, that you're going to give him the credit. Because mm-hmm. he wants the credit. He's an egomaniac, right? He's controlling. So that's kind of what you need to do now. This is the weird thing, and this came up at the muster. People don't want to hear me say that. People don't want to hear me say that. People don't want to hear me say that if I come up against a boss with a big ego, what you need to do is back down. 
people don't want to hear me say that mm. they they want to hear me say if you come up against someone with a big ego what you do is you bow up to them yeah, yeah. and you show them that they ain't got nothing on you yeah don't back down to that don't back down to that guy yeah. with a big ego that's weak <laughs> yo it's true and and what i said at the monster i said i said listen because i could see it yeah i could see it people are like oh yeah, I guess Jocko isn't always as hardcore as I thought he was because yeah, yeah. he's going to back down to somebody with a big ego. Yep. And I said, guess what, people? This is why you feel that way. If there was a, a machine gun nest on a hill and there was a bad guy in there and he's killing a bunch of people, shooting that machine gun, mm-hmm. and everyone in the room wants to look at Jocko and say, Jocko's brave and Jocko's tough and Jocko's going to charge that machine gun nest mm-hmm. and take that guy out. Well, guess what? A machine gun, belt-fed weapon in an elevated position, Mm. bunkered in, I'm not going to take that guy out. I can't. Mm. It's a heavily defended position. I can't do that. So what Jocko does is backs down. I hide. I get behind cover so I don't die. Once I've gotten behind cover so I don't die, I look at Echo and I say, Echo, Stay here, shoot some rounds at this guy occasionally, distract him. I'm going to flank him. So Echo's going to keep undercover himself. He's going to pling some rounds up at the machine gun nest. While he's doing that, I'm going to scurry away like a little baby, like a little sneaky little squirrel. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to go around to the flank because the machine gun is in a bunker, right? So he can't see out the sides. I'm coming up the side. I'm going to get right up to the side. I'm going to toss a grenade in there and... and kill him I'm gonna take out the ego Mm. but I didn't do it going head-on so what happens is people come up against this big ego and they want to be the hero and they want to be aggressive and they want to the default aggressive Jocko you say BT you you got a chapter in your book default aggressive man I'm gonna be default aggressive against that ego wrong answer the right answer is indirect warfare the right answer is maneuver warfare the right answer is you flank these people Mm -hmm. and by the way if I do charge that machine gun nest or I do attack that guy's ego, guess what? I die or I get fired and now I'm no good to anybody. Yeah. So it's people have this this desire to be the strong hero. Yeah. And you have to fight that. That's your ego. Yeah. That's my ego charging the machine gun nest. I'm going to go do this. Yeah. I'm the man. No, yeah. I'm actually not the man. It's a machine gun in an elevated position. I'm going to die. Yeah. You have to be smart. Yeah. Like on, uh, don't attack the ego head on. Don't attack def- heavily defended positions head on. Period. Like you said in Training Day, you ever watched that movie? Training Day. No. Come on, bro. You watched it anyway. He says the shit is chess, not checkers. He's not the first person that ever said I that. I know, bro. but it was dope when he said it. In my opinion, <laughs> nonetheless, yeah. So default aggressive isn't default aggressive head to head it's default of default aggressive in being effective yes yes that's it is the, really you're effective or ineffective well, at the end you've of been the day the muster i've been you know i listen <laughs> leif knows what he's talking about I like that yeah man it's good jocko is this next, next question? question yes okay <clears throat> how do you shift your mindset from individual contributor to manager Growing a company from nothing to something required being an individual contributor and getting a lot done with a little. But as we grow, it's clear 
that I need to hire people for specific roles and accept the except that I can't do everything. I'm very used to getting stuff done and doing everything myself, and it feels a little weird trusting someone else to do it. How can I shift my mindset to appreciate being a manager over an individual com- contributor? So uh, straight up out of the gate, you are actually failing as a leader by doing what you're doing, by, by, do, by, by continuing to do things yourself, get yeah. in the weeds and not let people lead, you're actually failing as a leader and therefore failing the team. So number one, you have to watch out for that. And you know, by the way, that means the more time that you spend in the weeds getting stuff done yourself because you're so perfect, that's the less time that you're thinking about strategy. That's the less time that you're thinking about you know, what's gonna happen tomorrow and future operations and that's not good. To be in that situation so uh, first of all you need to build the trust with these people you don't have to give a hundred percent trust to someone out of the gate if if I if we're, we're in a company and I hire you and I'm gonna have you doing some task that doesn't mean I say hey echo here's the task go do it and now I'm just gonna walk away right. I don't even know you I don't know how well you can do the task so I'm gonna say hey echo here's the task actually watch me do it Okay, you've seen me do it. Now I'm gonna watch you do it. Okay, cool. You seem to be doing that pretty well. I'm gonna come check on you in two hours. See how it's going. Come back two hours. Next day I check you once every five hours. Next day I check you in the morning and I check you once in the afternoon. Next day I just check you at lunchtime. Maybe two, three, four days later I check you once every other day. Pretty soon you're good to go. And guess what I'm doing? I'm doing something else. Doing something that I should be doing. I built the trust. I confirmed that you know how to do it. I, you trust me because now I trust you. We're building some team and some relationship. So that's all good. So to the original point, the, I think the way that you shift your mindset is to recognize that micromanagement is actually failure. Mm. No progress is made while you're micromanaging. The longer you are micromanaging someone, the longer it takes for them to develop as a human being and as a useful person in your organization. Every minute that you micromanage someone is a minute of them not thinking for themselves Mm. is a minute for them not taking ownership of something Mm. so if I'm micromanaging your task you're not taking ownership of it if you're not taking ownership of it we know where that leads Mm. so let people learn let people lead and to not do that is failing don't fail one time when I was young in Hawaii you get your driver's license at 15 Dang. I don't know how, how what it is now. That was a long time ago, obviously. But I learned to drive with my dad before that. You know, when mm. we were young, we'd get in quite this dirt roads mm. everywhere. So he's like, "Hey, you know." And it started with when we were young, when we were young, young, like seven, eight years old. We'd sit on his lap. So he'd do the shifting and the gas and the brake and stuff like that. Dirt roads. We'd just do the steering. That's what it kind of started with. Then after a while, he's like, okay, now we're just going to learn how to do this. You know, it was a manual uh, Mm -hmm. stick shift. So he was like, okay, now you just learn how to go. Right. And now it's go and shift gears all on the dirt road, whatever. And so I was like, just turned 15 or maybe even 14. And he was like, hey, um," he's like, all right, let's go drive. You know, usually it'd be like we're going to the beach on the way home. Hey, let's take this dirt road. You can steer kind of thing. But this was actually like, okay, let's go drive. 
So I'm like, all right, but he pop, he plops me in the front seat and he goes, all right, take us there. And we were going wherever we were going down to the beach. He's like, all right, take us there. I was like, dang, I don't know, bro. I've steered before. I've shifted. I haven't done the whole thing all at once, but he was sitting right there. He just mm-hmm. said, take us there. I was like, dope. I took, took him there, whatever. He didn't critique much, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I got there and he just kind of let it happen. It was the same kind of thing where first he's checking my mm-hmm. steering. Then he's checking. This is over time, though, yeah, yeah. the years. Got and, you dialed. And yeah, after a while, it's like, boom, he still has an eye. He's still managing. Mm-hmm. He's right there. He could slide his foot over to the brake if he needed yeah. to, I guess. If needed, yeah. Just put his hand on the wheel, steer you away from the oncoming truck. If need be, if yeah. Needed. And at the same time, he's letting me make little micro mistakes. Yeah. I hit the curb a little bit. No yeah, or <laughs> it was more like, you know, stick shift. You know, oh, yeah. you do it too much. Or, yeah. Uh, and he let that happen because that's my thing to figure out the feel because each car yeah. is different. Truck. And that's but, cool because that's actually good. Well, one time we were going on an operation, my first deployment to Iraq, and we were driving a far distance through cities we'd never been through before and we got turned around mm. in the city and we were we had a far way to go to our objective it was a kind of a high profile operation and we're we stop mm. and i hear the call on the radio like all stop and i say something along the lines of you know what's up and you know the the, the point man, which is the lead nav in mm. the vehicles, he comes up on the radio. He's like, uh, just I'm trying to get my bearings. Mm. So I, a little stress in yeah, the yeah. voice. I walk up. So I get out of my vehicle just to make sure. And this guy's one of my bros. And I walk up to the vehicle, and he's in there. And I could see he's he's flustered. Mm. He's flustered, and he's, uh, you know, um, I don't want to say embarrassed, but he's flustered, and now I'm there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes, and I, do, I think his thoughts are Jocko's. You know, mm-hmm. Jocko's going to be mad or whatever. Yeah, and I I go up, and he's he, he's cracks open the door. Right, I open the door on the Humvee, and I go, you know, what's up, man? <laughs> Just in the most mellow voice, yeah, I thought yeah. I go, hey, what's up, man? He goes, I I, I don't know where we are, and I was like. Cool, man. We'll set security. Let me know when you got it dialed. And he's like, all right, cool. Yeah. And that's what we did. So cool. And it took, like, you could see his face. Like, he, he just turned back to the computer. He started working. But when I walked up to him, you know, you could see that yeah. he was panicking. Yeah. Because, you know, you got, we had a bunch of vehicles. You know, you got seven vehicles with us. And and <laughs> they're all driving around. And now you've done two laps around. The, you know, yeah. It's not fun. And, yeah, and there's. And you know, you, you make it through and like past the enemy one time, you got away with cool, it. Cool, yeah. Now you went by him three times. Pushing <laughs> it, son. Not cool. <laughs> yeah. And everyone in the whole b- b- troop is sitting there in the vehicles going, hold on, jackass is going to run us by this checkpoint again or all by this thing us. again. Yeah, all of us. <laughs> so, but yeah, I just went up. Hey, bro, w- w- what's going on? Yeah. I- I'm just trying to, I-, I don't know where we're at. Okay. We're going to set security. Let me know when you got it figured out. We'll be good. <sighs> So good, man. And that's, <laughs> bro, that's so good on you because you know everyone is feeling the stress, like what you're saying. For like, sure. It's like, dang, where is this guy leading us? What yeah, the hell? Yeah. Does he not know? What? I'm sure everyone was feeling that. Yeah. Then it's like, all right, I got to kind of detach <laughs> from that feeling and go, you know, yeah. dang. And uh, and then, you know, I got on the radio because that was, you know, I just said, uh, I said the guy's name. I'm like, hey, just getting it sorted out right now. We're going to be rolling here in about a few minutes when we, when we know where we're at. And everyone's, you know, set security. Boom, done. Dang. There was another time we got ambushed on that 
same deployment. <laughs> sure. And I was in vehicle number two, and we were in a big convoy, and the the ambush pretty much was aimed at the center and then the back of the convoy. Mm. So a bunch of machine gun fire, a bunch of RPGs, and nothing really hit. And in fact, nothing did hit. The RPGs went over us, and and I was I would never say much on the radio, right? Sure. And the guy in the back vehicle, uh, he's actually the platoon chief, <laughs> but. I, I say I didn't say much, but clearly we just got ambushed. I mean, there was yeah, a yeah. massive machine gun fire and explosions going off, <laughs> yeah. and we pout. You know, we go through the, we continue on, and the platoon chief in the back, <laughs> he says something on the radio, something along the lines of, he's like, you know, comes up on the radio, he's like, hey Jocko, you know, we, we we just got hit with an ambush back here, and I got on the radio and I was like, Roger, <laughs> 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 and and you know, it's like. It's it, you know, right, and everyone yeah. goes, okay, I guess we're all right. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like all good, all good in the hood. Uh, you guys are crazy. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I think you did me like that one day. Yes, in fact, when I say I think, I mean, I remember the time you did me. Okay, so I was, I'm, forgive me right now, you just talked about an actual ambush that uh-huh. actually happened. I'm talking about something way less impactful. <laughs> just bear with At me. At least you're asking for forgiveness before yes, you tell please. a grocery story. <laughs> it was was actually this podcast we had recorded like a week or something early Uh so i was like boom let me finish the whole thing get it ready to get pushed out all i need it was done all i had to do is press the the button to make it live that's all i had to do and this was like a week i think it might have even been two weeks in advance wow those are the good old days yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um and then the day came it was so done and out of my mind the day came and i was just like hey i don't know i don't know it's not on my mind so long story short i i didn't do it Mm -hmm. so (laughs) i didn't press publish it was ready to go anyway so i wake up in the morning (laughs) as he message a bunch of Twitter posts. Right. I understand that, but I got a text message. I think there might have even been a phone call. Oh no, no, no! It was a phone call and a, a text message from you. I was uh-huh. like, "This, you know, this is <laughs> this is something." You know, I'm like, "All right, but what did does you, Jocko did you want? know what it was? No, I oh, had no idea. Still didn't it was know. out of my mind. I was like, "Oh, something obviously is something." You know, I get it this early in the morning. Yeah, by the way, yeah, you, you know. So I look at it, um, and oh, so I listen to the voice message first, and it was you all coming. You're like, "Hey, Echo, how's it going?" Uh, good morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes, um, just to sort of let you know, it's Wednesday. You know, we have that that podcast we recorded. That's you know, that's supposed to be going on right now. So, whenever you can, whenever you're ready, go ahead and, and post that. And I was like, <laughs> but it wasn't like all the Twitter posts. Where's, where's the podcast, bro? Where's the podcast, slacker? You know all that. And then, then there's Jocko's like, hey, whatever you're ready, it's all yeah. good. You know, I, I didn't know I'm what happened. S- Maybe you're under more stress. I never know. You got to think when you're in a leadership position. Not that I'm like the leader here, but if you're in a leadership position, you don't know what someone else is going through. Yeah. I, maybe you had some technical issue, and I'm like going to call you up and be like, well, where's that thing? And yeah. now you freak out even make more. It worse. Yeah, I don't need to make it any worse. Yeah. There's something going on. Like you were sleeping. <laughs> I didn't want you know, but you always think about the yeah. perspective of the other person that you're dealing with, and you don't want to escalate things. Yeah, that's not going to help. Yeah, just de-escalate. Hey, man, just wondering what's up. If you, need, you know, if you need anything from me on the podcast, maybe we need to re-record it. I don't yeah. know. No big deal. <laughs> Let me know. I'll be yeah. over. That's what we're here for. Kind of like with two people shouting at each other, and you chime in, say, "Stop shouting!" And you're shouting. It's kind of like <laughs> yeah, now you got three people shouting. Yeah, you know? yeah. Messing it up. Anyway, next question. Jocko, I'm not sure I agree with your statements not to pursue belts in jiu-jitsu. 
it doesn't seem wrong to me to benchmark success using a rise in rank as a quantifiable measure of success. As a person is working to master their craft, any craft, it's nice to have markers for accomplishment and engagement. Why have belts? Why have belts if they're not to be strived for? Or why have them, right? Yeah, and that's actually a, a little conversation I, I had that I, as soon as he asked me this, this is with Brandon, you know Brandon Pickworth. Pickworth, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, he's been around like since day one yeah, in, in the game here. Yeah. And we were going back and forth on something. He, just said, he actually sent me this random, because he sent me texts about stuff, you know, whatever, we're doing some projects and, and whatnot. And he sent me this random thing. Well, I guess it's random to me. It was random to him. Maybe he just listened to a podcast where we were talking about this. But he said, "You know, hey, I don't know. You know, I don't know what to agree with this stuff about belts." Yeah. And so, and by the way, Brandon is had a goal of doing a hundred burpees in ten minutes. Brandon is in good shape. He's an athlete, yeah. athletic dude. And for some reason, he can't do 100 burpees in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he's at right now. We are publicly calling him out yeah. to post his, you know. Video. Video. No cuts. No cuts. Yeah. Or maybe he doesn't have to post the whole thing. I take his word no. for it because he's owned it a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. He'll put like, he'll do 100 in, or no, I think what he's been doing, he's been doing 10 minutes worth, mm-hmm. however many he can do. Mm-hmm. He gets like 84. Yeah. So, and he'll post it like, hey, I did 84 in 10 minutes. Was that you can do 10 sets of 10? Yeah, 10 like, sets at one, 10 every 30 10 seconds. every minute. Yeah, or something. It'd have to be less because actual burpees will take a certain amount of time. Yeah. Eh, yeah, 10, that's, no, that's no, kind of hard. I'm telling you, 10 in a minute is not that hard. Yeah, but plus your rest. 10 you know burpee I mean? pull ups in a minute oh, is harder. Yeah, yeah. But still yeah. a good measure. So just regular burpees. Mm-hmm. But back to the conversation. Sure. Uh, I'm going to try that, by the way. Okay. So Brandon hit me up and, uh, and you know, I, I understand belts, you know, and it's because we've said on here, like, don't worry about belts. Don't worry about the belts. The belts are going to come. I understand belts and I understand trying to earn a rank and that's cool. But I'm telling you at some point, and I think this will happen to everybody at, at some point. Jiu-jitsu becomes a lot more than just belts mm-hmm. and eventually the jiu-jitsu itself Completely bypasses What the belts are and what the belts mean now I, I could you could say back to me like well, that's because you're a black belt Yeah, and so that's why you feel that way because of yeah. course they don't matter to you You're already a black belt. So you you know, but uh, the, the fact is that ha- that didn't happen to me at black belt that happened to me at like purple belt I think about midway of my purple belt time, I had no care whatsoever of what belt color I was. was literally zero. Mm. And I just wanted to get better. I just wanted to know more. I just wanted to keep training and never even thought about it after that. And uh, like even like degrees on your per- on your black belt, mm-hmm. like Pete, I was talking to Pete Roberts the other day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what degree are you? You know, he's a black belt, I'm a black belt. He's like, what degree are you? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I got my black belt in 2005. What does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't have the tape on there with how many degrees I am. Not that I don't respect it, yeah. but I just don't care f- for me personally. So, and, and I think that this isn't, like he's, like Brandon's talking about, you know, to master any craft. I think it's the same with any craft that you're trying to master. Yeah. If you're trying to master the craft, 
hopefully and eventually the craft itself becomes more important than the rank that comes with being skilled at the craft yeah that's what I would hope for that's what by the way that also makes it a lot easier to keep pursuing because I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting there going, oh, I, hope I hope I get a stripe on my belt today. No, I don't care if I get a stripe on my belt. I want to go learn more. Yeah. And guess what's going to propel you towards more stripes? Wanting to learn more. Yeah. Wanting more stripes does not propel you towards getting more stripes. Yeah. What propels you towards getting more stripes and getting advanced in any craft is getting better at that craft. So focus on getting better at the craft. Yes, sir. The belts are going to come. Yes, sir. Even your belt's going to come one Pre- day. Preach it. <laughs> I, I'm not concerned with belts. Mm. So, We're glad you know, you're not. But you ain't got much in your future. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, yeah. And I think that this, it's like a matter of perspective. Okay, first off, you being a black belt and, and thinking that or whatever and be like, yeah, that's easy. It seems like that's obvious that, oh, mm-hmm. it's easy for you to say because you're a black belt, but at the same time, it doesn't kind of go along with that detachment thing. It's like, hey, I'm not in the game. There's no reason for me to f- be striving for any belt right now so I can be detached. I'm not emotionally invested mm-hmm. in the whole situation. I can look back and uh, and at the same time understand when I came up, me being focused on belts would not have got me here. Yeah. You know, like you have that clear vision. I that's natural. It's a natural thing to be like a blue belt. And I wish I could wear that purple belt and everyone would know yeah. me and respect me as a purple belt. And obviously, I'm, I'm tapping uh, some of the purple belts right now. Yeah. And bro, uh, <clears throat> do you, this is a side note. I don't know if you know this, but if if you know the feeling of wanting that purple belt really bad, and I just want that pur- purple belt, and your skills. From your pers- from your instructor standpoint, don't match purple belt, and promotion time comes along, and you're okay. This is the time I get my, and you don't get that purple belt, bro. You know how sad you're gonna be, Real bro. Sad. I had, I've known people that quit the gym straight up because they didn't get belt uh, promoted on a, on a certain day. And you straight know what that up. is? The they that's really sad. It is. It's sad that's from top sad. to bottom, for sure. That's a side note, but I guess sad was even the right, right word. Well, it's sad for them. Yes. Like, cause if you if you're in that zone where you should be getting your purple belt at some time, yeah. maybe this promotion, maybe next promotion, maybe some other promotion, that means you're dedicated to jiu-jitsu and now you're just gonna walk away because you didn't get the yeah. belch. Yeah, it's yeah, it's rough. And like I said, yeah. like that state of mind can really, really That's jam crazy. you up. Yeah, man, true story. And I've heard of people where they didn't get their belt and then maybe someone else did, not maybe, straight up other people mm-hmm. did. And it was their belt, you know, like they're, oh, they're and all mad, super mad to the point where they're vocal about it. I tapped that guy out. Why did he get his belt pub- yeah. openly yeah. saying that? So, yeah, it's yeah. It, it'll jam you up. Just well, that whole mindset. One thing, you know, I would say to those people that might be thinking that way from my perspective and from many jujitsu instructors, the, the you're you're advancing and you're getting promoted based on your potential, not based on your skill level. To against yeah, other like people, your, yeah, your because to... you, you might be, you, you might ha- not have a lot of potential, and so you know what? Hey, man, the guy's, you know, he can't train. He's, you know, sixty-eight years old, yeah. and he's been training for a year and a half. He's learned a lot of knowledge. He's here all the time. Yeah. He can't tap out any other blue belts. We're giving him his blue belt. Yeah. Because for potential of him as a 68-year-old man mm-hmm. that never worked out before, and now he's training jiu-jitsu, dude, that guy's a blue belt. Yeah. Um, now, the further you go up, you know, black belt is a little bit more serious. Uh, so is brown, so is purple. But I'm saying you're getting judged against yourself, and that's yeah. an extreme example. By someone else, by the way, not by yourself. Y- you're yes. being judged by your instructor, not yourself. Yeah, that's right, that's right. 
so yeah, man, and that's the and that's a important thing to and understand. What's what's your to your point? Everything that we're talking about right now makes jujitsu suck. <laughs> Right, it makes you like it makes Seemingly. it. It'll make you Seemingly. mad. It'll make you frustrated. It'll yeah. make you. It'll make it political. And this guy got it. And I didn't know. That's not, for me. I just don't even like that stuff. Yeah, you know, don't even like that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, when you're ready, your instructor is going to promote you. Yeah. Until then, keep training. Yeah. And, and and by the way, also in your work skills, when you're ready to get promoted, you'll get promoted. Yeah. And if you're not ready, you won't. Or there's not an opening, yeah. you won't. You know what you do to solve that? Don't get frustrated. Don't get all crazy. Don't blame the guy that did get promoted. Don't undermine him. Yeah. You know what you do? Keep kicking ass. Yep. Wait, next time it'll be your turn. Yep. Enjoy what you're doing. Master your craft. Yes, sir. Don't let your craft become your master. <laughs> I just said that. Yeah, dang, I liked it. Yeah, awesome. and that's what happens, right? Yeah. You yes, let the thing control you yeah. instead of you controlling the thing. Instead of you mastering it, it's starting to master you and get in your head. Bad. Yeah. But he does make a good point, and here's the thing: is that this is a mix of perspectives. So, where, um, or a clashing of perspectives, where he's like, are you know, as a person working to master their craft, any craft, it's nice to have markers for accomplishment and engagement. It's true. Yeah. And you know what? I actually texted back to him. I'm like, hey man, I know I'm not normal. Yeah, I'm not normal. Yeah, and all I need is a rock and a hill. <laughs> yeah, that's what I texted to him, and he laughed. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. but so so there are normal people that need to have like I want a goal, I want to see, I want to have a okay. checkpoint, and that's okay. Yeah, and that's why guess what? There are belts in jujitsu, and you can get. Surf- I yeah. don't. We don't really give a lot of stripes out no. at, at victory, like me, Jeff Glover, right. Dean Lister, yeah. Craig, James. I mean, we'll give out like. Occasional stripes, you know for various reasons, but most of the time it's like oh the guy's ready for his next belt right. Let's give it to him. Yeah, and usually the stripes are that's a subtle thing in my opinion like I've the stripes don't Reflect much compared to what belts do, oh, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. nonetheless. I mean yeah cool but back it's, in the it's day it's Like a four stripe blue belt, right? That and, guy was the <laughs> deal <laughs> Yes, I don't know. But so, he's saying you know and you know what to to degrade what you're saying and what Brandon's saying, you know when we do a lot of stripes and a lot of different colored belts, yeah. kids, right? And that's, that's that. going to be the point. Yeah. And as a grown ass adult, <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> no, as a grown man, you should be yeah. like, oh, I'm just here to learn. Yeah, here to get after. Well, it. to me, what he's saying doesn't clash with what you're saying, in my opinion. No, it's and a matter of thing with Brandon is Brandon is, you know, I don't know him that well, but you know, we go back and forth a lot. He's a guy that's like metric driven, you know, like I'm going to get this, right. I'm going to get this, yeah. I'm going to get that. And that's awesome. That's what makes him successful in, in, in what he does mm-hmm. and the craft that he has mastered. Mm-hmm. Very successful. But he likes to have those yeah. those measurements. Yeah. He likes to have metrics to go off and say, look, I just crushed this this goal. Boom, yeah. done. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. And so with belts, it's going to be a little bit different, just like with promotions, and, you know, based on <laughs> skill. So you, it, he says it's nice to have markers. And here's sure. the thing. It is nice, of course. Sure. Nice after, after when you got your black belt, for you to say, I don't care the fact that I got this black belt. I don't care about that at all. Uh-huh. I don't know if I would believe no, that. No, no, no. You're you'd be correct. Yeah. You'd be correct. I was I was stoked. Yeah. You know? It's just a matter of what and you're striving for. Dean kind of surprised me, too. Like I wasn't yeah. expecting it. Right. Which should tell you something. Yes. Sir. I wasn't in there like tonight's probably gonna be the big night. No, I I like showed up at the gym and trained or whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was special ceremony time. And yeah. I got the black belch. Yeah. And I was stoked for sure. Yeah. I was stoked. But you know what's funny? 
is like at the team, like people, people like, I don't know who heard about it, but people were like, hey man, I heard you got your black belt. And I was like, yeah, yeah. But I didn't tell anyone. Right. I wasn't like, hey everyone, I got my black belt. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> right. But Even yeah. though, you know what? You know what belt I cared the most about was my purple belt. Yeah. When I got my purple belt, yeah. I was super pumped. Yeah. At that time, it was a big deal. Yeah, getting your purple belt. I got Ooh. my purple belt from Fabio Santos. Yeah, I, he I wasn't think giving away them deal. purple belts either. No, back in the day, <laughs> you had to you had yeah. to earn that thing. Yeah, and you know what? With and I don't know because obviously I wasn't there at that time. But I think it's always going to be like that. Well, if you get a purple belt, that's a big deal. Yeah, Even purple now, a big deal. it seems yeah, like purple belt a big is deal. definitely a big deal. But because there's just so many people now doing jujitsu. No, purple belt. Purple belt is a legitimate. When you're a purple belt. Yeah. You will not lose in a fight to a normal person. No, in my opinion. Oh, could you get caught with a punch? Yeah, sure. Yeah, but a normal, you know, you've got a very high, high percentage of winning a fight against a normal person if you are a purple belt in jujitsu. Yeah, a good purple belt. Yeah, meaning not someone that just like got a purple belt for no reason. Right, right. If you're right. a real purple belt jujitsu. I mean, a purple belt. You're rolling like when I roll with a purple belt, it's a good roll. Yeah, you know, yep. it's yep. a good roll. It's yes. not like oh, this guy's just a purple belt. Right. Blue belt, most blue belts, you don't have to worry about much of anything. Yeah, when you're at about, a higher level. Yes, yes. I, yeah, I think. I mean, you're not worrying when you're rolling with most blue belts, right? I'm worried when I roll with everybody. Yeah, it's just I how I well, am. no, 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 worried. Worried? No, 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 I'm just joking. Yeah, I, I dig it, and you, it's you know, not, not about saying you're me disrespectful. No, I'm not saying you're disrespectful, but. I'm not saying you're disrespectful to a blue belt, but but realistically, you know that chances are there's no possible way for them to submit you. Yeah. Very small chance. Yeah, the, yeah. Just purple the, belt, the skill levels don't match. Purple up, belt, slap sure. a triangle on you or something. And purple yes, belt, grab your arm somewhere. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that can happen. Noah, you rolled with Noah lately. Yeah, he tapped me out. Oh dang. Well, yeah, not. I mean, not like the. La- but yeah, like within the last year. Yeah. Yeah. He straightened my arm out real far. Yeah. I had to go into level nine defense mode. <laughs> Sense of <laughs> yeah. urgency escalated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to full, and I, and he surprised me. That was the thing. You know, we we're rolling, and and all of a sudden, and he's a purple belt. That's there. You have it. There's a classic yeah. example in this in the defense. Good Noah. Of I'm going to give him. A, I'm going to give him a nickname right now. Good Noah, because <laughs> he's good, <laughs> and he's you very know? handsome. By the way, he's better than your. I'll, typical. <laughs> I'll let you judge that one. But he's better than a typical purple belt, though. He's oh, no, really, he's, really oh, good. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But nonetheless, to your point, that's exactly to your point, though. If you have a purple belt, you're you're yes. not you're not you don't have many holes. No, you know, maybe some timing no. things, maybe some you know whatever. No, you're but good. Yeah, you're he's a, a classic example. Yeah, no, it's a good purple belt. Watch yeah. out. But yeah, you don't pursue. Back you know what? Noah asks me all the time, "When do I get my brown belt?" No, I'm just kidding. He no, never oh, said word one. No, uh, he doesn't care. Yeah, he's the type of dude that's like, "Hey, I'll just gonna sit around and tap yeah. everyone out." Maybe one day they'll give me a belt. Maybe they won't. Don't Whatever. care. I'm gonna yeah. keep crushing it. Yeah, and that's how. And keep so tapping out Echo Charles. <laughs> yeah, I know, bro. What's up? Did you give him your brown belt once you got tapped out by him? I wanted to. Actually, I think you know I what's cool? Have, yeah. When you get tapped out by a lower belt, it's like, guess what? Jiu-jitsu works. They should be able to wear your belt for the rest mm. of the day, <laughs> for the rest of your life. No, <laughs> demote yourself. No, jujitsu works. Yes, and sir. if you do a jujitsu move against me. I'm gonna tap out to it. Yeah, like that's the way it works. Yep. You know, I might try the defense, but the jujitsu works. Yes, sir. I mean, we just saw Roger Gracie, Hodger Gracie, against Buchech. Yeah, and people were a little bit freaked out. I was like, yeah, jujitsu works. Yeah, you know, you get that choke on Buchech. Buchech is it 
an animal, yeah. a savage. Yes. But get that gee collar sunk in choke. You got you got Hodger Gracie, X amount of times world champion. Can you imagine his grip strength? You rolled with him. Yes. Yeah. Grip strength. Well, how was his grip strength? It was really good, <laughs> but and not to go into a whole thing about Hodger's game, but he has this thing where this is weird if you don't know the depths of jujitsu, but he has this feeling that he has all bases covered. So yeah. he's not necessarily his game isn't to out hustle you, it's not to out speed you, and it's not to out strength you for sure. That's but it's like you. he it's like he has this whole base, like all his bases in the jujitsu yeah. situation, they're all covered. Yeah. So he'll do this thing that and he was trying to do it on Buchesh, but you know, Buchesh is really, really good. He'll grab one sleeve with the opposite hand, he'll mm-hmm. grab the elbow That's and he'll just pull. From close guard, yeah. by the way, and he'll pull, and he'll just wind up on your back, and there's nothing you can yeah, do about it. Yeah. All your little defenses, he's yep. got those covered, yep. no yep. problem. And it's just this thing that it just—it's a—it's like this eventuality that you have yep. no d- defense for. That's how it feels his whole game. Yeah. So yet, yeah, I mean, it's crazy that he was able to bring that same game yep. to someone like Buchesha. Yeah. Because like, Buchesha is a beast. Yeah. He's beast. Dang, yeah. It's it's just crazy. But yeah, that's how. Nonetheless, back to the point: it, it, don't pursue the belt. That's not the pursuit. Right. The pursuit is getting better. The belts will come yeah. when the belt comes. To the to to um Brandon's point, when the belt comes, that is nice. And to me, when you get your belt from your instructor, not from yourself, yeah. When you get well, you can't get a belt if you're from per- yourself. But if you're the guy well, who's getting mad, <laughs> yeah. If you're the guy that's getting mad and th- because you think you should have got your belt, mm. you're thinking you're getting your belt from yourself. That's what you're thinking. Oh, oh, oh in so, your head, yes. Yes, exactly right. So, so forget. I'm that. ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Exactly. No, it's not up not. to you. It's not up to you. You can tap out all the black belts. It's still not up to you. It's up to your instructor. Anyway, when you get your purple belt, brown belt, black belt, yeah, that's, bro, I would say this happens more times than not. If you're a blue belt, you're rolling, you're getting good, you're learning a lot. When you get a purple belt, purple belt that's going to empower you so much to be like, now my standard just mentally is higher now. I'm a purple belt now. That's yeah. my minimum standard right now. Well, a purple belt is full on in the game. Yeah. Yeah, right? for sure. You, you can't really be super casual and get a purple belt. Right. I'm you saying whether casual you're casual or not. or not. Yeah. I'm saying it is empowering and it is, you, you're you going to have a lot of pride with that. Well, I wouldn't say empowering. I would say it puts you, um, it, 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 it raises the bar on you. Like once you're wearing yeah. a purple belt, you can't be, you know, you now you're like I can't tap to these blue belts anymore. You might, but I'm right. saying, yeah, same thing. To me, tomato, so tomato. It raises the bar. Yeah. Would you say head. it raises your standards? Yeah, of rolling like my own sta- basically exactly what okay. you said. Yeah. Like the now, bar is raised. Yeah, I got to represent. Yes, you, you know represent. all this stuff. It's like it comes with a sense of pride. So yeah. yes, it's a huge, it's a deal. And that's when you get why it. also when you're a blue belt, enjoy being a blue belt. You yeah. can take more yeah. risks. You can get tapped out. Doesn't matter. You l- yeah. Let it flow. Yeah, let it flow. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. But yeah, when you get that belt, yeah, be be happy, be prideful, post it on Facebook, and you know, thank your training partners, all that stuff. But don't just pursue the belt, man. It'll jam you up yeah. big time. Next question. I'm a 24 year old machinist. I work CNC machines, do setups, and order tooling. Most of the people I work with have w- worked here for over 15 years. The owner of my company wants to make me the shop manager, and honestly, I'm not too tore up about it. I feel like the older guys who've been around won't want to take scheduling and manufacturing advice from a young guy. I have good relationships with all the the shop guys, but I'm worried about stepping into this role so soon. Only been with the company for three years. Any advice? 
okay your boss isn't asking you to do this job if you're not ready for it that's that's number one and the fact that you don't think you're ready is a good sign I've said this before because it means that you're humble so you feel like that that's good that's probably one of the reasons why you're doing well and probably one of the reasons that your boss thinks you're ready for the job is because you're humble so that's good but you also have to remember that being humble has to be balanced dichotomy of leadership with confidence and even with a little bit of aggression so there's a reason that you're getting asked to do this job and the boss needs you to step up now just because you become the manager or the boss doesn't mean that you have to start bossing people around right it actually means that you should remain humble that you should take input from them that you can still take advice from them as opposed to just giving them advice all those things are fine and I just got asked this question the other day young uh, uh, construction business and a kid and we were in a big meeting with a with a bunch of leadership from foreman to engineers all in the same room bunch of great guys from a great company and one of the young engineers raised his hand and said you know I'm young and I am gonna be in charge of these guys you know I'm not sure I'm comfortable with these guys that have been doing it for a lot longer what can I do to you know gain their respect and I said okay who in this room knows more than that engineer back there about construction and all these salty construction <laughs> foremans raise their hands yeah. and I said who you know who's gonna think that this guy's got the best idea raise your hands all the hands go down and I said so this is what you're dealing with buddy <laughs> I said, now let me ask another question to the group. Group, if this kid comes in and says, I know how to do this better than you, listen to me and do it my way, who's going to have respect for him? Raise your hand. No hands go up. If this young kid comes in and says, hey, I'm an engineer. I've been educated, but I haven't been doing this for long. Can you give me some recommendations on how we do this so we can do the best job possible? Who's going to have respect for him? Everyone raises their hand. So there you have it. You, you you don't have to know everything as a leader. No one expects you to know everything, especially as a young leader. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And actually, when you admit that, you actually gain respect. When you ask for people's input, you actually gain respect. People get the paranoid feeling that if they don't know something, they're gonna be seen as weak. Mm-hmm. It's not true. So you can just step up into the position, still be humble, still take advice. Now, this doesn't mean that you're a pushover. Right? This doesn't mean that you just listen to what everyone says. You don't make any decisions. No, it actually means that you show respect to their experience. And when it comes time to make a decision, you get the best input. And then you make a decision and you explain your decision. And if your decision is wrong, you admit it. And if it's not wrong, you push forward. So that's what you need to do. You're getting asked to be put in this position for a reason. So do it. Get some. It seems like a common one, yeah? That one. Hmm. I'm stepping into a new role. For sure. Everyone asks that question. Yeah, man. I answered it again. There you go. For everyone's benefit, including that's, my own. Yeah, that's I learn from it every time. Well, that's the ethos, right? Go in humble. Yeah. Be open-minded. Take advice. Yes, yes, yes. Don't have to know everything. Yes. Three days ago, uh-huh. our neighbor, young girl, one of my daughter's friends, uh-huh. 12 years old, mm-hmm. she comes over there messing around there swimming. Uh, she grabs my daughter's jump rope and mm-hmm. she's jumping rope. She does the cross, you know, you jump yeah, rope yeah. and you cross, cross over, yeah, whatever. Cross over, yeah. Yeah. So she does that. And man, I used to jump rope back in the day, but mm-hmm. I never really could do the crossover. Let's face it. Nonetheless, so she's jump roping and jumping rope. And I'm like, 
hey, do that cross the crossover thing again. She does it. She's doing, you know, she's 12 years old. She does it. I'm like, dang, I never could do that. And she's like, well, you just got to do it like this and tell that. So I'm like, oh, okay. I grab the rope and I try and the rope's too small. So I go grab my rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a jump rope. Um, well, I told my daughter to grab it. So mm-hmm. she grabs it and this is, <laughs> this is like a kind of like one of those pro speed ropes, you know, so it's like kind of. So if I make a mistake on this rope, it's going to hurt. I didn't have any shoes. I was barefoot. Hawaiian so, style. Hawaiian style for sure, 100%. And then, so I go for it. I'm jumping. I can jump rope still pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. Still, I haven't done it in a while. And she goes, okay, so right here at the top, you know, you you cross. You This is where you want to cross at the top. I try it. Ooh, hits my foot. Painful. And she's like, no, you got to do Did it more at the, the top. Did you show the pain? No. Okay. Good. No, no, no. Never show the pain to the kids. Good. I try not to. Anyway, so I was like, okay, boom, fail. She's like, no, more at the top. You know, it'll it'll just whatever. So I'm like, okay, I do it. And it took me four times. On my fourth time, I did it. For the first time in my life, by the way, Mm. the crossover, with the painful speed rope. Mm -hmm. Some, you know, some mental fortitude right there Mm, thrown in. So hardcore. I did it. You should have seen it. Very hardcore. But you should have seen the look on her and my daughter's face. They were like, oh, like it was, you know, like I just got my purple belt or something. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless. So, boom. What do we have right there? A situation. This is what I took from it, too. We have a situation, a full-grown athletic, arguably, person learning to do something. That's really not that easy, obviously, if I've never done it in my life. Learning to do something. That takes a fair amount of skill from a 12-year-old girl in real time. And you know what I did to boot? I gave her the credit. I said, dang, so you, you are the, been, the best you teacher. You have been going to the muster. Like <laughs> yes, exactly right. So that's the thing. You're still that's humble. You, the moral of your story, which was a long story, yeah, yeah. was <laughs> be humble. You can learn from anybody. Yes. And when you do learn from someone, give them the give credit. credit. Boom, that's what Good I did. Job. See, I said that in 13 seconds. I know, bro, but I'm just saying it was impactful and it reminded me of that story. Anyway, next question. Jocko, just checked out Podcast 21 with Tim Kennedy. Awesome. Raised a big time question, though. You and Tim agreed that cops who make controversial decisions slash mistakes do so simply because they're not trained well enough. That begs the question, how much does the environment someone trains in impact their decision making? How much tactical decision-making is innate versus learned? Could killing the ideology that <coughs> that the insurgents buy into be better than killing insurgents? Or can they simply not be reasoned with at any level? There have been terrorists who flee their organizations and start new, peaceful lives in other locations. Okay, uh, yes. Yeah. So the first part of the question, yes, you train how you fight. And the more you train the more you reprogram your instincts. So that's important. Mm -hmm. You're reprogramming your instincts when you train and you get better instincts. So that's what you do. And, And now when cops make mistakes, oftentimes it's because of their lack of training. Sometimes they make a mistake that is a mistake that got made. You know, it's it's a mistake. That's all it is. And they've been trained well and they still make a mistake. I'm going to tell you the percentage of mistakes go down dramatically the more that you train and the more realistically trained and the more often you train, you're going to get better. No doubt about it. But that's like an instinct. You're training your instinct. So that's one thing. This, this idea 
that we could just attack an ideology of terrorists and then have some of them convert that'd be a wonderful thing that you attack the ideology and then some of them become peaceful productive members of society and if we did like a full court press to try and make this happen we might be able to convert let's say we were really successful we might be able to convert five or ten percent a year okay so that's great then you have to remember that the enemy is also out there converting people right probably at at least equal rate maybe even a little bit higher so we still end up losing the fight because mm-hmm. to break even is to lose because mm-hmm. they're still out there doing what they do the now um and in the meantime by the way they're still gaining territory or causing terror mm-hmm. so it's not a good situation now the examples that i use all the time obviously are nazi germany and imperial japan both of those groups were like the current day jihadists they were looking to take over the world and if we just tried to kill their ideas with our ideas we would be speaking german right now because we would not we couldn't have changed their ideas fast enough and and by the way they were playing a different game if we were playing the game of let's cha- exchange ideas the enemy is playing a different game. So, for instance, if someone is trying to assault you mm. and you're a pacifist, and so you decide that you're going to try and convince them of the virtues of nonviolence through through debate and the Socratic method and critical analysis and the use of various rhetorical devices, and that's what you're going to do, and you might be the best debater in the entire world. But none of those things are going to stop that assaulter from punching you in the face. He's playing a different game. And once you're on the ground, he's going to start kicking you. He's a violent person. Now, maybe if you were to be able to slow him down long enough to try and reason with him, he's not playing that game, though. Mm. He's there to attack you. He's there to stab you. So your ideas aren't going to defeat his ideas. You don't have the opportunity to do that. He's not playing debate. So you have to know how to fight. You have to understand violence and you have to be prepared to use it. And if you can, if you can debate and you can win, that's awesome. That's awesome. But if it doesn't work, you need to be prepared to use violence as it's needed. And that's the same thing on a larger scale, obviously. We, we can do everything we can to try and help snuff out this extremist ideology. Let's prop up reformists as much as we can. Let's try and bring economic opportunities to these impoverished and and deprived regions so that they're less likely to come under the psychological grips of a death cult. But at the same time that we're doing those procedures, let's attack their strongest factories of hate. Let's go after their centers of gravity and let's snuff out and destroy those individuals that clearly have no hope of reform and exist only to spread this cancer of hate and violence and terror and death and if we attack on both those fronts hopefully one day where we can live in a world where we can solve problems not with physical force but with our intellectual power and that would be great 
and unfortunately I don't think that day will ever come because there's always going to be someone out there that's going to attack you regardless of your debating skills yeah, man. next question yeah long question here yeah my general question is is there a point where it's no longer physically realistic to train jujitsu? Big jujitsu today on the podcast. Yeah, jujitsu heavy. Jujitsu sure. day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a. Fo- and, and actually, I noticed we were going back to jujitsu a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we took some questions yeah, that man. weren't about jujitsu. Yeah. We turned them into jujitsu yeah, questions. Jujitsu like, sometimes. Yeah. It's like. Mm-hmm. I'm a former competitive athlete, but have experienced various injuries that I still work through. On a daily basis, I really want to get into jujitsu, but my only hesitations are my lingering injuries. I don't know anyone who trains, so I don't have any sense of how much is too much when it comes to physical limitations and injuries. I'm sure you must have had injuries over the years that hindered your training. Were you able to modify your training to accommodate them? Although I have no experience, I greatly respect the martial arts. And the last thing that I would want to do is waste the instructor or other students' time by not being able to fully participate and or holding up the class. I hope this question can benefit other podcast listeners who may be wondering the same thing. However, to give you, the f- give you full detail in reference to the question, I'm 26 and the injuries I'm dealing with are, here's the list, left knee that I need to work on daily to maintain full range of motion, on my third ACL, Meaning he had surgery three times. Mm. Well, yeah, he's had three. Actually, he said he had heart surgery seven times, but that's his third ACL. Oh, ACL surgery. The, oh, yeah. The third ligament been put in there. Dang, yeah. Because they replace the ligament. Yeah. Because it doesn't grow back and it doesn't heal, so they got to give you a cadaver, or they either give you yeah. your own from yeah. your hip or your, yeah, from your yeah. hip or hamstring or patella. or hamstring, yeah. and they put that in there, or they give you a cadaver one. Yeah, I had that. I had ACL back in the cadaver. Door, my own from my hamstring. Oh, okay. I've had seven surgeries. Well, I haven't. This is back to the question. I've had seven surgeries, most recent being a femoral osteotomy and cadaver meniscus transplant. There you go. I'm told one more major injury to the joint, and I'm looking at a full knee replacement. Dang it, 26 too. Mm. Left shoulder, dislocated several times, torn ligament, cartilage, and labrum. Don't plan on having the surgery anytime soon. And, hist- and a history of multiple concussions. I power lift, jog, Metcon, hell yeah, <laughs> regularly, but all cutting sports, but all cutting sports are pretty much out of the question. I think, so cutting all yeah. sports. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. No, if, he says, but all cutting sports are pretty, pretty much, much, meaning cutting, you know, you know when you cut on the field? Oh, cutting, gotcha. Yeah, go, okay. Like cutting left, cutting right. I'm pretty sure that's what he means. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought he meant Yeah, because like he can power lift, he can jog, he can do Metcons, but he can't cut. Gotcha. Check. Okay. Either way, I get it. Got you. Um, sports are pretty much out of the question. If jujitsu isn't feasible, do you recommend any other martial art that would b- better fit my situation? Just getting tired of only tra- trying to stay physically fit and would rather incorporate a beneficial skill into my mm-hmm. training. Or is this all in my head and I should stop worrying and just get after it? Thank you for any advice you can offer. Podcast, thank you for your service. All right. Awesome. Um, so I'm, I kind of broke these out. Let's, let me let me break these out here. So his first general question: Is there a point where it's no longer physically realistic to train jujitsu? The answer to that really is yes, but you can also train jujitsu in a wide variety of levels of intensity. A very wide. You could theoretically just go and learn the techniques. Yeah. You could just learn the techniques and never actually roll to someone, 
And if you couldn't do anything at all, mm-hmm. that would, in my opinion, I would still do that. Yeah. Just to just to know and understand it, I would still do that. Yeah. Would you agree? Yes. And it, now, what you have to be watch out for is that you're going to want to try them. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to want to try them against someone real, and that's just that's yeah. what you're going to need want to do now. You know, like I said, you can do it from just from just learning the techniques only to all the way to competing in jujitsu. And like I said, you got to watch out that you if you can only learn them, and maybe you can roll light. Maybe you can find you can roll with light people, or you can roll with really good brown belts that are light, and that that you tell them you know up front, hey, I got injuries. I'm not here to, for an ego trip. I just want to try the moves. Mm-hmm. You better freaking keep your ego in check, though, which is what's so hard because you're going to think, well, this guy's kind of skinny. I think I could do this right now. I think I could get out of this. And then you end up getting hurt. So you can't let that happen. So don't let your ego get in the way. You might not want, if you have all those serious injuries like it sounds like you have, you may not want to roll with anybody for a long time until you really truly understand jujitsu. So that's question number one. Yes, you can learn it without much risk, actually. Mm-hmm. Very limited risk. If you're just looking to learn the techniques, you could learn it with very limited risk. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the next question: Have I had injuries over the years, and was I able to modify my training to accommodate them? Absolutely. Yeah, I've had ankle, you know, sprained ankles, high sprains, all that stuff. And when that happens, you see me training my bottom game a bunch because I'm not going to be on top. Mm-hmm. I hurt my back one time really bad, and I couldn't do an umpa. This is when yeah. I was a blue belt. Yeah. Couldn't do an umpa. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Guess what I did? Elbow escape. My elbow escape got good because I could not do an umpa. Uh, I've had my MCL, 80% tear. Get some. Guess what? No factor. Put on, and I, I couldn't train for like a couple weeks, but then I put on one of those hinged metal braces, strapped that thing on tight. Could I do closed guard? No. Could I do a triangle on someone? No. Did I have to be careful? Yes. Did I train? Absolutely. Uh, my neck, I had neck surgery. And you know, my neck now, does it hurt? Yeah, though I, and my whole game is kind of based fundamentally around protecting my neck. Hmm. So I don't do certain moves that I used to do that were that are high risk neck moves. Interesting. Right, like, uh, yeah, there's just certain moves that I just don't do anymore because hmm. it's high risk neck move and I don't wanna put my neck into just, into jeopardy. So. Yes, you do go through things. Now, occasionally, like I just got through a, a few weeks where I had three simultaneous injuries. <laughs> and it was a broken knuckle, uh, some kind of a knee issue, and I had a gaping cut on my toe, <laughs> my big toe. Dang, ripped bro. half the skin off the bottom of my toe. And so... I said to myself, okay, I'll just tape up my entire body and still train. No, I didn't say that. I said, you know what? This is, you know, my body telling me, you know, one injury you can get through, two injuries, okay, wait a second. But when I finally tore my toe open, I was like, okay, maybe it's time to take like some time away from the mat. So I didn't train for a few weeks, right? Probably the longest I haven't trained in in it since I can't remember. Uh, But that's three injuries stacked on top of one another. Yeah. And now I'm just thinking to myself, you gotta be kidding me. Let them all heal. And yeah. that's what I did. Uh, so, that's that. The next sort of 
question was if jujitsu isn't feasible do you recommend any other martial art that would be better fit your situation i think you can always learn jujitsu i think you could learn to box um you could learn muay thai you got to be careful be careful with muay thai you got the knee surgeries you got i would say little or no sparring since you've had concussions uh and like i said in all those cases you're gonna learn to box and you're like well i think i want to try this out man it looks pretty easy in that sparring ring i'm gonna get in there don't you've already have concussions you can't you got to keep your ego in check and then the last part of the question was or is this all in my head and i should just stop worrying and get after it look we all have got to know our limitations you got to also know that sometimes you're putting limitations on yourself that are too tight Mm -hmm. and you also got to realize that sometimes you can push yourself too hard and overdo it and end up in a really rough spot where you got a permanent injury like you know right my, my knee is not fully healed and so instead of doing nine rounds of jujitsu, um, I did like four yesterday, five yesterday, five today, mm-hmm. you know, not, and and avoiding a couple positions, right? You know, yeah. that's what I'm doing. Yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I can't go in there and have the big ego yeah. and be like, I'm going to be on top right now. No, yeah, yeah. can't do it. And the, the more impactful part is I can't have the big ego of like somebody comes up and is like, hey, let's roll. Right. Like, okay, I'll roll with you because I don't want to look like a wuss. Yeah, yeah. No, no, actually, I got an injured knee. Can't roll yeah. right now, which I hate saying. Yeah. I despise <laughs> yeah. saying that. Yeah. I despise saying Can't that. I despise it. But I know that, I, you know, I got to heal up. Yeah, man. So. It's part of the game. Yeah, that's. Keep um, the ego in check. But remember Jerry Loudon? Remember? Yeah. yeah, so he had jammed up knees. Yeah. And I thought of him, you know, while, um, you know, reading this guy's question. Yeah. Um, same age, maybe? I don't know. Jerry might have been older. A little bit older. Maybe, yeah. like, maybe like 32 or something. Yeah, so jammed up knees. But, you know, he, Jiu guy. So he comes in, and what he'd always do is he'd be like, hey, let's, he'd grab me, because I've known him a long time, mm. he, uh, he'd be like, hey, let's, he, he, what he called it is, he's like, hey, do you want to play? Meaning, mm. like, we're, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. we're just rolling, you know, just like how you said, like, yeah. you, how you, um, like how I warm up with Andy, with yes, Big Andy. Yes, exactly yeah. right, yes, he's really good for that, too, he's by great. the way. Now, Dean is not good for that. <laughs> okay, yeah, so don't roll with Dean, Dean. Dean will literally say to me, hey, let's just get warmed up, uh, yeah, and yeah, then he'll get across side and smash me for, for, for four minutes and 38 seconds. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And torture me. Yeah. So I do not do warm up rounds with Dean. Yes. Dean, you can go to hell. No warm up <laughs> rounds with you. And obviously Dean does that on purpose. Oh, for but sure. If like because when guys- we do that, you, when we do that, Dean has two advantages. Number one, I'm not warm, and that means there's no sweat yet. So he's so there's there's like just friction. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he can just secure positions, mm-hmm. and it sucks. And and psychologically. We both know. Oh, and the other the other advantage that he has is he's fresh, because the deeper we go into deep waters, the better I'm doing, yeah, because I'm in better condition than him. I dig it, man. But he has those two advantages out of the gate. <laughs> oh, he's gonna make me pay. It's so funny. You can tell no, this it's is not like funny. a little thing. Oh, for it's you. a thing. <laughs> it's a twenty-something year thing with Dean. Hey, man. I, I dig it, and that's probably gonna continue till you know till you guys are both. Yeah. Kinda well, out we of just the had game. an incident yesterday. Yeah, you know? man. Incident right. yesterday happened. You know? Hey, what? What have t- talk about it? No, Jocko, I already talk, did. I already no, no, did. no. Words should. were exchanged <laughs> loudly in the gym. Anyway, Jerry is really good with that. Where this is a guy in this guy's situation, yeah. more or less knee wise, anyway. Yeah. And um, I think it was even both his knees. Yeah, I think so, it was. You know, so you can do that, and you can get like a good movement, good rolling, 
without that that impact you know when every once in a while you gotta turn up the heat or whatever on a guy because that comes from ego yeah it's more of like this competitive kind of spirit of rolling jujitsu that's kind of what it is so if you can avoid that you gotta actively avoid it and still get that movement if you can find the right person Mm -hmm. and you can go and you can go you can learn you can get more or less live situations but you just can't be like you can't can't fight that little fight in the fight you know you gotta let that go Can't get crazy. But yeah, you can learn for sure. You can learn. Yeah. Don't do takedowns. If you got a knee situation, don't do no takedowns. Takedown situation. That's that's gonna be hard. Check. All right. Okay. Last question. And you know this this last question, it's it's not really a question. Well, it, it, it look I get a lot of awesome emails, and I get emails from people that have completely turned their lives around they've they've lost weight if they need to lose weight or they've gained weight because they needed to gain weight or they've gotten promoted or they've become a better parent or they've become a better spouse or they become a better kid yeah and I get emails from people that have quit their addictions yeah. or they've or they've overcome their fear and I'll tell you what I get letters and and packages and notes about all this kind of stuff and it's awesome I get I get people send me books for the podcast and and pictures and drawings and 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 military memorabilia or unit patches and coins from you know police departments and fire departments and and military units it's just it's awesome and and I'm I'm so thankful for all that feedback, and it it drives me. That feedback that I get drives me to work hard and keep pushing to do this to the best of my ability and try and get better at it. But. You know, I, I hear from people that have used the podcast and the discipline and the, the the mindset of looking at things that are problematic as being good. I hear from people that have used those things to overcome, you know, dark patches yeah. in their lives, you know, whether it's depression or anxiety or even like full-fledged despair and again when you hear from people that are turned that corner that's just incredibly rewarding to know that there's you know there's people out there that are really changing for the better and turning their lives from negative to positive it's unbelievably rewarding but I also get some other emails and I get some other messages from people that haven't been able to dig out of that hole to overcome that that despair I, I hear from people sometimes that feel there's nowhere nowhere else to go. There's no way out. 
and they don't have any more options and they are considering taking the only way out that they can see and that is they want to take their own life and to anybody out there that's in that place you know I don't really know what exactly to tell you but I can kind of tell you what I think I think no I think no I think don't save that last bullet for yourself don't save it for yourself you lock and load that last bullet and you shoot it at your enemy and when you're out of bullets get out your knife and attack with that and if you lose your knife you grab your enemy by the throat and you keep fighting and you keep fighting and you keep fighting and you keep fighting no matter what and you never quit you never never quit and if you feel like your life is in a place where you can't get any lower and you don't think you can find any way out good because that means the ultimate challenge is ahead of you it means you can only go up and it also means that things are gonna be tough things are gonna be tougher than anything you can imagine but that storm that you're in from from your perspective it seems like that storm is enveloping the whole world but I'm telling you it is not the storm that you're in it is hard to see out of that storm it's hard to see past it it seems like the storm it seems like the storm is everything but the storm is not everything and it won't last forever you can get out of the storm and you will get out of the storm and when you get out you're gonna see the Sun again but right now you're being tried you're being forged you're being tested by 
fire and by pain. That's the test. Don't fail the test. Don't fail the test. Don't give in. Don't quit. Don't ever quit. Fight on. Fight through the storm. Fight through the pain and come out the other side stronger and tougher and better. A fighter. A survivor. A winner. Victorious. And free from that storm. Free from the darkness. Free. And I think that's all I've got for tonight. So, Echo Charles, speaking of being stronger and being better, yeah. maybe you could tell us some ways to make ourselves a little stronger and a little better. Yeah. And at the same time, sure. possibly support this podcast. If they want to. Yes. You're under no obligation to support yourself. Well, I think as a human being you are, but I'm just saying as far as the message here, it's up to you. But if you do want to what pursue whatever you want to pursue, your participation is required. Does that make sense? No. Okay. Anyway. So, I'm going to talk about on it. So, good fitness gear. Good stuff. I just got some fulvic minerals. Mm. It's actually for my wife. Nonetheless, they got some good stuff for any uh, area of getting after it that you need to, to or that you want supplementation with. So, remember that jump rope story I told? Mm-hmm. Right? That was an on it jump rope. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Pro speed rope, I think it's called. It's like, bro, there's a lot of technological advances in jump ropes yeah, since I know. back in I know. when we were, you know, yeah, back elementary in the, school. For, for me, yeah, we just piece of leather hide. Yeah, or <laughs> what was mine? Like a rope. It was straight up a rope with a handle. Yeah, and another handle at the end. That's it. This now, one has like a swivel. It has a thing. It has a pulley system. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if, what it's called. <laughs> it's made out of this stuff. It's like, yeah, it's good. It swivels good. Anyway. Yeah, that jump rope was good. Um, also, kettlebells. Mm-hmm. Solid. Solid. Heavy. Heavy. As you need. Varying weights. Right. I bought right. one for my daughter. The, what's the, what is it? The little monkey. 
Howler. That's what it's called. Mm. I think it's like 18 pounds or something like that. Nice. She can lift it up. She can't swing it. She's, She's deadlifting it though, right? She's deadlifting it. Yeah, good, yeah, yeah. good form. You'd be surprised, man. Little kids. They have a natural son. instinct for form. Exactly right. Because yeah. they're trying to find the perfect balance. Yep. That's why they have no choice. They do off balance. They're just going to fall down. Mm-hmm. My son, 11 months old now, mm-hmm. started walking at straight up. Kind of earlier than my other, like nine, almost 10 months. Like you know what before. that means, right? Yeah, yeah, he's going to be also. Awesome. Oh, that means he's going to be an unbelievable athlete. You're set for life. You <laughs> yeah, need to start getting him recruited right now. I know. That's man. what everybody thinks. That's what they say. Everybody's kid is the best kid in the world. Yeah. That's what everybody thinks. And by no means is that my message here, but the message is you watch him do a squat to pick something up, you're like, dang, that's good form. So my daughter, she's four. She picks up the, the kettlebell, little howler, mm-hmm. and. I'm like, at first I'm like, oh shoot, I don't know if she should be picking it up. She doesn't know what she's doing. She picks it up with this perfect form, deadlift form my, between the legs. When my youngest daughter was like six or seven, I had her deadlifting. <laughs> and, uh, Straight up had her deadlifting. No, no, and I, I pushed her too hard, yes. and she was deadlifting, and she like hurt her back. Oh, uh, How old? Like six or seven. Oh, I mean, she was just doing like double body weight. and um, <laughs> <laughs> But it was with kettlebells. And so you're not going that low, mm-hmm. so it makes it a little bit easier. So I thought. Yeah. So she was deadlifting, and my son was in there too. And I think my other daughter, we were all just getting after it. <laughs> sure. And yeah. you know, so I'm like, you can do this, you can do this, and we're escalating weights and going heavier and heavier. And finally, we get to like a pretty big weight. I forget what it was. It might have been, might have been, uh, maybe the 32 kilogram. Or something like that. <laughs> Come so, up. so she lifts it, and like right as she gets almost to the top, she gets the look on her face, and like like moves sharp, and then and then she like started to tear up. She dropped, she didn't drop, but she put it back down. She started to tear up, and she's like, "I think something happened to me, back, daddy." And I was like, "Oh God, I am the worst father yeah, ever." Yeah, I think you are. So actually. don't go with the heavy kettlebells for the kids or yeah. heavy deadlifting. But they're not ready for it. Yeah, I'll go on record straight up and say, don't. Buy kettlebells for your kids yeah. for a program that you got sorted out for them when they're four or yeah. 11 months or whatever. No, wait till they're six. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. I bought the kettlebell because when I go out there, I took she'll a picture watch. of one of my daughter, of that daughter deadlifting and like posted it one time. People were all pumped. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's pretty dope. It, it's dope to see in a picture, yeah. but man, you can't get crazy with that. I yeah. think if I'm lifting my kettlebells yeah. and they're cool they're the yeah. werewolf ones and you know all this stuff my daughter's out there she's cruising she's watching she's like you know she obviously hey let me try let me try yeah. and she she wants she to can't, get in the game yeah i don't want her to pick up that werewolf it weighs 62 pounds one of them oh so she, you don't let her i don't let, i don't push her to put oh, okay. pick that up no she'll grab it and yeah, try yeah. It. she doesn't pick it up no mm-hmm. it's too heavy for her mm-hmm. and That's so cool. she, but she just wants to be you like dad yeah that's how it is so you got her the howler just as a little gift, you yeah, know. No, hey, you got cool. your own kettlebell. You know how empowering that is. I'm not saying that now. Now let's lift kettlebells, girl. You're only four. Now yeah. you're on the pro. It's not that. It's for her to have her own little kettlebell and be. You know, it's like a cohesive thing. You mm-hmm. know. No, that's cool. Just like she I likes like to do pull-ups, but not really. She's not yeah. on a pull-up routine. Yeah. She reads where your kid. I read it to her, and she sees me doing pull-ups. She's like, "My turn. I want to do pull-ups." Now, when she's able to get on her own program or be more in a position to facilitate a program imposed upon her mm-hmm. as the case may be <laughs> not too early by the way she'll be familiar with pull-ups she'll know the value of pull-ups plus dad does pull-ups so it's obviously cool yeah you know and she's gonna be down she's gonna be kind of set for life in regards to pull-ups kettlebells whatever so i like it so back where to- can you get those 
Oh, the kettlebell. Yes. Yeah, on it.com. Or the jump rope. Or the jump rope. The jump rope's dope. Nonetheless, don't, I don't think, actually I do think that those designer kettlebells, mm-hmm. those are kind of like the, um, that's the kind of the prima donna one. Actually, you no. You said this last really. time. Yeah. It, I, that's a wrong word. You're okay though. with it now? I'm okay with it. They're dope. They're just good. Yeah. You like them. They're not like the hardcore, dusty. Yeah. Cannonballs with handles. You're not like they're artistic. Not, not no. the ones I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ones I have. Yeah, they're not like that. I got all the the designer ones, but they are cool. If you walk into a gym, you know you go to the gym, you're wherever, and there's a bunch of kettlebells, right? And you're you're looking for a certain weight. And let's say there's the werewolf ones, and then there's the regular ones. Which ones are you gonna use? Me? Is this a serious question or just like yeah. a basic question yeah. for everyone? Both. What do you think I would use? Werewolf ones, probably. See, that's why you're dope. Well, nonetheless, I think they're cool, and go ahead and check them out. They're on onit.com slash Jocko. That's where you get it. Support yourself, really, and it supports this podcast. Also, if you're into these books, we didn't read any books, but- I mentioned like, a few books today. Yeah. Mentioned it, Hackworth books, Yeah, right? I mentioned Dick Winner's books. Where can you find those books? Well- Ultimately, you get them from Amazon like everything else. Um, but if you want to go through the list of specific books, go to the website, jockopodcast.com, section on the top, or menu item on the top, boom, clicks you to the page with all the books by episode, by the way. Actually, I don't think I put Extreme Ownership on there. But nonetheless, click through there. That's kind of jacked up. Well, actually. Ext- is it over to the right or something? Yes, yeah, so that's yeah. the thing. Extreme Ownership is featured all But we never all covered it. In the podcast. Correct. So it's not going to be on the list of books covered in yeah. the podcast because the section is called books from the episodes. Nonetheless. Maybe, maybe I'll have Leif on and we'll do extreme ownership. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be like layers because <laughs> you wrote the book. You experienced all the thing yeah. with Leif. You do the audio book and now you're doing it on the podcast. Huh? So it's like a, a thing. Anyway, go to that. Go to jockpodcast.com. Boom. Choose whatever book or books that you want. Click through there to get them. Boom. Got you. That's a good way Boom. to support. Yep. Very good. It's like, um, and it's what? Takes what? One second. Two seconds. Mm-hmm. And big support. Small action. Big reaction. <laughs> Just saying. Mm-hmm. You we know what you're saying. You know what, you know what I'm saying. You understand. Also, good way to uh, support is to subscribe. That's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and all these other podcasting providing platforms. Not to mention YouTube. If you like the video format, you want to see what Jocko looks like, if you don't know already, uh, you know, I guess you can see what I look like, which I'm not saying to look at me, to look at me. Cause I'm going to say this. If you don't know what Echo looks like, go look on YouTube yeah, so you can see what he looks like because he doesn't look like what you think he looks like. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. Evidently. I've known him too long to understand the what he appears to be via his voice. Sure. But apparently he doesn't sound like what he looks like. So yeah, yeah, I guess you might my- want to check that out. Yeah, I guess they don't match my look and my voice. Yeah, apparently not. But, you know, I live in a world where we're judged on the content of our character and the contents of our hearts. So how I look doesn't matter quite as much as one might think. But if you are interested in seeing that, go to YouTube. While you're at it, subscribe. That's a good way to support. Plus, we're going to we do add other videos that are shorter in form. We do have the video version of the podcast, whole thing, two hours, three hours, however long. And Echo is going to post a video of, I think it's the most I've laughed, uh, captured on mm-hmm. video in history. Yeah. So I was laughing at something that, that was not in the podcast. We were recording 
wasn't in the podcast. I laughed was, really hard. It was pre-podcast. Yeah, pre-podcast record sesh. Sure. And that happened. So I'm looking forward to seeing that one. You better yeah. get it up before this thing comes out. <laughs> anyway. And just, yeah. Anyway. That's a good way to support. Subscribe. YouTube. Other ex- small excerpts on there. Anywhere from one minute to... 12 minutes was the exception. Usually it's between one and three minutes. Little lessons that you can kind of extract. Anyone that thinks 12 minutes is an excerpt, I don't know. I don't think that's right. Technically it is. Yeah, I guess it is. But technically, let's make them three minutes. Okay. You got it. You should you should put more effort into them and, and, and cut them down. Like the real critical parts. That's what I think. Okay. Thank you for I that just input. Call them out on the effort. No, you didn't no, like no, that no. at all. No, 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 no. All Dang, good. Thank the you for your method. No, I'm going to try flank. Hey, you know what? I think, that, <laughs> I think the, they're good, but you think they'd be go over better if they were even a little bit shorter? What do you think? Yeah, oh, and the know. long ones. You're really... the pro with this stuff. I'm just kind of moving <laughs> over here. <laughs> See, yeah, you got, got, you got it, bro. Whatever you need, um, you're the man. But nonetheless, that's a good way to support. Subscribe or you can make the excerpt 17 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, but maybe there's 17 minutes of complete of beauty. Yeah, unbridled value. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so I'm just saying you never uh, know. Uh, good times. Also, Jocko has a store. It's called Jocko Store. JockoStore.com. That's the website. So anyway, on there, there's what T-shirts. Travel mugs, some bumper stickers on there, some patches. These are Velcro patches. You can interchange them. They're cool. They wound up being pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Guys that are deployed. Yeah, representing wearing big time. those overseas. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool too. Um, it, it's, it's weird because, you know, like you always say, like we're sitting in this room, you know, mm-hmm. and- Sure, we got some patches out there, but to see them, yeah. like people, put, you know, they'll post it on uh, yeah. social and, and they'll send it to you and they'll tag you and stuff yeah. like that. And to see them, like, dang, guys are rolling around straight up representing. It's like, it's weird. It's it's weird in a good way. Yeah. No, it's awesome. It's, yeah, it's super awesome to see. Um, so, yeah, there's some stuff on there. Hey, just go to uh, jockostore.com. That's the website. And, hey, if you like what you see, if you like an item, get an item. Good way to support. Also. On your journey, we all, no matter what Jocko will ever say, we all hit moments of weakness. <laughs> and just like if you're going to max bench, I know I said this before, I'm going to say it again because it holds true. If you're going to go one rep max or even two rep max, whatever, on bench. What about three rep max? Three <laughs> rep max as well. <laughs> it starts to get a little bit more safe, I think, in my opinion. But let's say two rep max. You're going to have... Someone there to spot you just in case you fully intend to get those two reps fully. But when you're pushing it, it's wise to have a spot because if for some reason, maybe you didn't eat your, you know, a good whatever. Maybe you didn't get enough sleep. I don't know. But you could hit a little roadblock, little moment of weakness. You have that spot there. Boom. Gets you through. Gets you that last inch on your rep or whatever. Keeps you on your path. This is. The real world version of this is called Psychological Warfare. And what that is, it's an album with tracks, Jocko tracks. And for any situation you might find yourself in that you have a moment of weakness, like getting up in the morning or skipping your workout when you intended to work out or slacking on your diet, Jocko will be there with a track that'll help you through it. It's called Psychological Warfare. Jocko Willing, do a search, iTunes, Amazon Music, other MP3 providing what do you call it? Outlets? Like yeah. Outlets? Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. Real good one. 
Michael. Also, you know, we've got we got kind of a kind of a big announcement coming. Yeah. Which we haven't really had any big announcements, right? I'm not yeah, a big because you know what? I'm not a big announcement kind of guy, right? Plus, so I guess I'm not going to do this whole thing with the big announcement thing. I will. I will say this. This is it. Okay. An Just we'll say we're not going to hold back. <laughs> Put the, this is what's going on. After many months of due diligence and conversations and relationship building and growing understanding we are actually joining forces with a company called origin origin Brazilian jiu-jitsu in Maine now this actually occurred believe it or not due to this podcast this podcast I was doing a Facebook Live. I said something about, this was months ago, said something about Origin. Say, hey, if you want a gi, get a gi from Origin. They make them in America. They're well-crafted, special material, woven up in Maine. They're mm-hmm. cool. Check them out. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Armstrong, you know Sarah Armstrong, right? Of course they do. She motivated, got after it, and put me in touch with this guy, Pete Roberts, who's the founder and owner of Origin. And, you know, I knew about him. That's why I was talking about him on the, the Facebook Live, because I, uh, I had seen him, and I'd known that like a, a, like a possessed psychopath, <laughs> he wanted to make geese in America, so he went and found looms to weave material with and all that <laughs> stuff. And, he, and the thing is, is he was basically alone with his team on his quest to make this happen but the cool thing is he's not alone anymore Mm-mm. he has a partner now in fact he has partners now me you and mm-hmm. and really all of us to help out to get in the game with what we're doing now and and just so you know origin like I said it's not some brand that's throwing some graphics onto a t-shirt right that's not well that's not what's going on there you have a legitimate movement for lack of a better word of a guy that is up there and what we're trying to do is re re rebirth manufacturing in America so that's it started with geese um that's definitely a huge focus but we're gonna make everything we're gonna build the best gear in the world not just for jujitsu but for everything you do in life we're gonna make the best gear for being on the warpath that's what we're gonna do so we'll come out with a bunch of details that's the big announcement that was gonna come I just made it so hey you know what in the meantime uh Check out OriginMain.com for geese, for rash guards, for whatever else you might need. And if you want to see what this is all about, by the way, if you want to see what we're going to do, come up to the camp that we're having, the jiu-jitsu camp up in Maine. Echo's going to be there. I'm going to be there. A bunch of black belts are going to be there. We're going to be getting after it or cruising or both. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's August 20th through the 27th. Two sessions are going to be there. Echo and I are going to be there the last day of the first session and the first day of the second session. So that's when we're going to be up there. And people have been asking, what level of jiu-jitsu do you need to be? You can be any level. If you've never done it before, that's cool. Come, we'll teach you. We'll give you the base. I will give you the basic that thing that Echo talked about earlier. Um, but So if you've never done it, come, learn. It'll be the best introduction you're ever going to get in your life, okay. quite frankly. Just to come and train immersion for either four days or seven days. That's a, that's a good way to start learning the language, get immersed in it. And and by the way, also if you're a black belt or a brown belt or a purple belt and you want to come up and just train hardcore with a bunch of good dudes, come on up. So that's that. Also, this is cool. On the 23rd of August, so in the middle of that camp, there is we are opening opening a new factory, 20,000 square feet of American manufacturing in Farmington, Maine. Uh, come on up. It's actually open. To the public so come on up hang out we're gonna be there you know doing what we do cruising checking now out and it's gonna be it's like pretty historical in my mind sure. this merging of bad badassness sure coming to fruition yeah. after many months behind the scenes um, so yeah come and join us on that day the 23rd even if you're not at the camp come on up uh, you know what else we're gonna have at the camp Jocko white tea. Dig it. <laughs> we have plenty of it. So, uh, you if you if you're not coming to camp and you want Jocko white tea, you can go get it on Amazon. If you're if you're sick and tired of deadlifting less than eight thousand pounds, order some immediately. Yep. Also, weigh the warrior kid. And thank you for all this awesome feedback that everyone's been giving me mm. of kids getting stronger and faster and smarter and better. That's awesome. So if you have a kid or you know a kid, get him or her this book. And by the way, if you're wondering, well, it's a warrior kid, is that for girls? Believe me. Well, what does your girl think of it, Echo yeah, Charles? Outstanding. It doesn't matter. So they need it. We all need it. So get one for yourself as, as well. There's lessons for everybody in there from Uncle Jake. True. Uh, the other one got another book coming out discipline equals freedom field manual now if you want a feel-good book if you want a book that's gonna fill you with a bunch of fantasies don't get this book the book is not for you this book is real this book is gonna hit you hard and if you don't want to get hit hard then don't order it if you want to be coddled don't get this book if you want to be lied to don't get this book <laughs> but if you want the truth and if you want to get stronger, faster, smarter, and better, then yes, go ahead and order this book. Order it from your local bookstore. Go into them and say, uh, you know, can I order this book? And when you get it in, can you just put it in the get after it section for me so I can find it? So, Discipline Equals Freedom, Field Manual, order it online, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, your local bookstore, put the word out. Of course, you can also get extreme ownership. Ownership is a key word there, and I recommend you own it. Get that book. Own it yourself and get it your team 
this copies as well so that you can go out and annihilate your enemy or your competitor or whoever's bothering you <laughs> we also have echelon front leadership consulting no one else can do what we do and I'm saying that right now and the reason I'm saying that now is because we've been doing it long enough and I've seen what other people uh, do from a leadership perspective in consulting no one else can do what we do so if you need leadership alignment so your team can win you got me Leif JP Dave it's our company don't book us through a speaker's agent don't book us through our online book agent go to echelonfront.com or email info at echelonfront.com and finally the muster the next muster September 14th and 15th in San Diego this is kind of crazy we've already sold more than half the tickets so this is absolutely gonna sell out just like it sold out the first time in San Diego just like it sold out in New York City just like it sold out in Austin Texas don't get left out in the cold get registered extremeownership.com come and come and get it and while you're waiting for the immersion camp or while you're waiting for the muster we're not hard to find because we're rolling on the interwebs kind of hard actually extra hard something we're on Twitter sure the Instagram and that facey boy <laughs> echo is at echo Charles and I am at Jocko Willink and finally thanks to everyone that makes this podcast possible first and foremost our military who keeps us free to create and grow and live the way we want to live thanks to you all for holding the line and thanks also to police law enforcement firefighters paramedics and other first responders thank you all for making this podcast possible by keeping us safe here on the home front so thanks to you all as well and finally to everyone else out there whether you're going through good times or bad times whether you're winning the game or you're making a comeback whether you're building a house or a road or a bridge or a piece of software whether you're assembling a car or assembling a meeting or if you're in a diner Pouring a cup of coffee for someone that's about to go out and pour concrete. Whether you're sowing seeds in a field or sowing the stitches into a ghee, no matter what you're doing and what you come up against, fight hard. Do it with everything you've got, and no matter what. Never quit and always, always keep getting after it. So, until next time, this is Echo and Jocko out.